Mr. Roboto. Wouldn't be Caffeine Rage instead? Because I'm not Mr. Robot. <laughs> Maybe so, but... Uh, Mr. Rajo? That just popped into my head and it sounded fun. Anyways, on today's show we will of course be discussing the games that we have played over the last couple of weeks. EA is under a criminal investigation in Belgium. Nintendo's explanation for limiting Switch cloud saves is baffling and weird. Steam gets steamy. Sony is blocking Fortnite crossplay because PS4 is, air quotes, the best place to play. We'll have our weekly community corner with an article from Cube this week. And then our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? A little confused because I wasn't sure where you were going with that one because it felt like you were kind of tumbling there for a while. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're all fine here. Nothing to see here. Move along. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, been kind of uh, a little bit of a lazy day. I did clean the apartment though, trying to stave off the last little bit of my allergy season. Right. Are we going to be filled with coughs and sniffles today? Well, I have a small pile of cough drops next to me, so hopefully not. Oh, you had some left over from last night. Well, that's good. I bought two packages. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last time I was at the uh, grocery store. So that'll get you through, like, what, Wednesday, Thursday? Well, I'm down to a package and a half. Okay. Well, you're doing pretty good, then. Yeah, now, uh, toilet paper on the other hand, because, oh boy, uh, things that came out of my sciences. <laughs> the human body is an amazing oh. yet disgusting thing. <clears throat> yeah, an amazingly gross place is our bodies. Yeah, for uh, uh, some people more so than others. Yeah. Yeah, for for you, that's sometimes of the year. For me, that's pretty much all the time. I'm doing all right this evening, which is good. Yeah, but the evening is young. Yeah. Uh, So would you like to hear about my results from putting more RAM in my laptop? Oh, you downloaded more RAM? I did. I downloaded four more gigabytes of RAM. And let me tell you what, that was the best download I ever downloaded. No, but... Insert bathroom humor here. (laughs) But yes, I did get four more gigabytes of RAM and install it on my my laptop because as i discovered a while back doing some extra tinkering uh, i thought all that stuff was soldered to the board but it wasn't um and my laptop supports up to 16 gigabytes of memory or of ram uh i don't need 16 gigabytes that's overkill but uh, i Bullshit. thought eight would i thought eight would do it some good because i've got uh or eight i'm using integrated graphics i figured i could dedicate an additional one or two gigabytes uh to the graphics memory especially for gaming, might squeeze, you know, a few more of those precious frames out of my laptop. Uh, to be fair, you don't need more than 20. Uh, well, sometimes I wasn't even getting that, depending on what game I was playing, so... 
Um, I was amazed at how much adding four gigabytes of RAM really helped my laptop. I was not expecting as much of a performance increase as I got out of it. Um, and in most cases, it actually exceeded my expectations, particularly in the rendering front. Um, my my RAM was a serious bottleneck, actually. Uh, pr- previously, my laptop only had 4 gigs, and when I got it in 2011, that was fine. And honestly, it's just like a general daily driver. That's fine. You know, it's got enough RAM and a fast enough CPU to handle web browsing, some very light indie gaming, um, and stuff like that. But hit it with anything a little more difficult, and it would just die. Um, rendering always took forever. I could never like slide back and forth quickly across the, the preview bar because it would have to sit and load. And that improved a little bit once I got my SSD anyways, because obviously accessing stuff from the, the hard drive faster or the SSD faster than the hard disk. So that was nice, but doubling my RAM, uh, more than doubled my render uh, speed for almost everything except for more complex YouTube videos like the Spin Tires videos saw about a 20 to 25% um, boost in rendering times or reduction in rendering times. Probably just because it can pull everything and have it set in RAM instead of having to use a page file. Yeah, yeah. But uh, things like the podcast are rendering out nearly twice as fast. Again, I assume that's the same same thing. Um, you know, just everything can sit in RAM and it doesn't have to go pull it from anywhere. Um, most of my games got mm, anything that wasn't really too CPU bound, uh, cause games that were CPU bound, you know, my CPU obviously is the biggest limiting factor. They, most of them got a little bit of abuse, uh, abuse, a little bit of a boost. Um, but games that weren't, you know, graphically intense were already pretty much, uh, as maxed out as they could be. It has helped tremendously with games like Oblivion and uh, New Vegas and Fallout 3, which I tested on my laptop just very briefly. Not enough to talk about in the games we played, but just to see, because I have played those some relatively recently. And I was seeing stuff along the lines of like 15, 20 frames at boost. Uh, World of Warcraft, which I have been playing a lot and have played on my laptop, saw nearly a doubling in its frame rate. Uh, from about 30, somewhere in like the 25 to 30 range, you know, fairly consistently up to about 50 to 60. Um, there's some areas where it still tanks, but in general, uh, doubling my my RAM really helped out with my gaming performance. Some other games saw some very minor improvements. Um, I loaded up like Battletech, uh, which on my laptop in just the menu screen um, would run at about 11 frames it was now running at about ick. 15 frames Still uh ick. so really bad but it saw some improvement there so that's either cpu bound or just so far out of my poor little laptops league that it doesn't really stand a, a chance need to put some heat sinks on it it does need a lot more heat sinks or maybe you should just strip down the armor so it can run faster putting more ram in it though actually has reduced how hot my computer runs when i play most games i assume that's because it's not it's got more space to, again, just load stuff into RAM yeah, and it's not constantly... Yeah, not running the drive so much. Yeah. So, um, 
overall, I've been extremely happy with that uh, 20 Well, it was about $30 when shipping was included. I bought a new old stock uh, RAM chip, RAM stick, RAM box. It's much less sticky because laptop RAM is more of a little square as opposed to a, a very long rectangle. So it's more like a RAM RAM chip. Yeah, a RAM chip instead of a, a RAM you, stick. You bought a bag of RAM chips. I did. I did. But I were paid, they barbecue uh, flavored? Uh, no, they were, but they, they were sea salt and vinegar. Uh, very salty chips. These were before or after you got done with them. Yes. Yes. And, um, but yeah, it was know, like 20... I, I used to like uh, sea salt and vinegar uh, chips, but not anymore. I love sea salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. But, uh, they get, uh, 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 you making them salty. No. <laughs> Touche. But anyways, yeah, I spent like 23 bucks on the RAM and then uh, like 7 or 8 bucks on shipping. I got it on eBay. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I I just underestimated, I think, how much overhead uh Windows 10 has because in my, you know, regular rig, I've got more RAM than I need. Um, you know, I've got I've currently got 16 gigs of RAM, which is like nothing crazy, you know, it's all but that's well, more than you need for pretty much anything. And well, I've got. Let's put it this way. I, I, I'll just brought up a task manager on my desktop as you take a hit of the bong. Yeah, I need to. Need to chill out, my man. My water. Uh, I'm looking at just over four gigs allocated with Firefox running, uh, Audacity running, Discord running. So that's, yeah, that would have been more than what your little uh, uh, laptop would have had. Yeah, my laptop, I did do some testing in Task Manager, or, well, not testing, but just, like, checking out Task Manager and seeing what things were using. Um, and it was using about three, between two and three gigabytes of RAM to just sit there at idle with all of my stuff running. Um, and then whenever you go, whenever you start a game, uh, Windows 10 will close or minimize or reduce the amount of uh, usage that background apps are pulling background programs so that helps a little bit but i mean still it would only get it down to about one and a half to two gigabytes of of ram usage so i was basically having two to two and a half gigabytes of ram to to play games and it was having to be shared between system tasks and uh the igpu so doubling that seriously helped out i was extremely impressed uh, uh for a brief moment i considered going to 16 like wow if i got this much performance from eight think of what i'd get from 16 but it's not a linear performance gain yeah so it wouldn't be that much so then i i very quickly reeled that idea back plus 16 gigs of ram is like 100 bucks whereas i only had to spend 30 on this and that's like perfect little upgrade i'll definitely get my money's worth out of it so yeah, I think my next uh, uh, computer upgrade is just going to be uh, network storage. Yeah, either that or a, a new hard drive. One of the two. Yeah, nothing terribly expensive that could carry over uh, to the new computer when I eventually get to build it. Because yeah, uh, that got delayed big time. Obviously. Yeah. Currently, I'm using seven point five gigs of RAM. 
But I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hard disks in in use. Most of them at zero percent. See, I only have uh, three. I I, ha- I might have too many too many disks. Well, look at it this way: at least you could store your porn, or at least part of the collection. <laughs> oh, fifteen years ago, if I had this much disk space, I could store like all of the porn ever. Fifteen years ago, if you had that much disk space, you could uh, save a significant portion of the internet. Yeah, fair play. I've got uh, four, eight, twelve. I've got something like fourteen terabytes of disk space available to me right now. Yeah, right now I only have about six and some change, six or seven. Which that's why I'm kind of leaning towards network storage. And then use that to clone the uh, data drive of my current computer to just expand it. Yeah, I mean, I've got this computer sitting over here next to me that I've that I we use for network storage. But I've I was had... just thinking about getting a, a dedicated cradle. Yeah, that's going to be my next investment is just a NAS box because um, trying to use a full fledged PC for it, you know, mm-hmm. set it up as a server, a little wasteful, a little overkill. Is... A little, yeah. Well, I mean, it's what I had. You know, I built this thing from spare parts. I mean, I still have my old computer, a box full of drives. But I haven't even fired that thing up in oh, probably about four or five years now. So I'm not even sure if it would boot. I'll and, buy it for uh, me for twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Is the screen shattered? <laughs> no, but it did earn its name. Glitchy. Yeah. It did. It did some weird, weird things. It acted like the video card was dying when it was originally assembled. It would just do some weird video artifacting every so often. And never was able to really track it down. I mean, I knew the video card was good. I knew all the connections were good. Yeah. Wait, what? Huh? Committed 10.7 of 18.2. I don't have 18 gigabytes of RAM. I wonder if that's... Ah, whatever, I'm not going to worry about this. <laughs> we've, you we've you spent, downloaded too much RAM. <laughs> we spent somewhere between 10 and 12 minutes talking about building PCs on our video game podcast. So, Well, I mean, to be fair, it is PC. It's gaming adjacent. I did talk about some gaming stuff in there. But speaking of games... How about we go talk about the games we played this week, Rage? Um, should we alternate until you run out of games? Uh, we can. I mean, my first one is not going to be terribly long because it was what I streamed, I guess, uh, well, last week now. And I have to admit my stream was terrible, but, you know, first streams always are terrible, but I had uh, the bitrate turned up too much, so it was laggy as hell. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was actually picking up my microphone correctly or not, because I hadn't uh, done OBS for streaming, so. Uh, but I more wanted to talk about the gameplay of Oxygen Not Included, and I kind of want to change it from a base builder, base management game to more of a survival game, basically basing that around the fact that the game is very static, in both a good and a bad way. Uh, for those who've not heard of Oxygen Not Included, I mean, I guess Base Builder is still a, a, a apt description of it. 
you're in this giant asteroid and you're control well not really controlling you don't have any direct control but you're building out this colony for uh, a bunch of duplicates that they call dupes which honestly is a very apt description and trying to just survive and this is an early access game so it's still you know being fleshed out but it feels like it's very static there's not a lot to really shake up things and for some people going into games like RimWorld and stuff that have the game just screw you over because you had bad luck, you had a bad event happen at the wrong time, I could understand why people would uh, look for a more stable experience. But at the same time, I think that in the long run, if they don't add anything that really shakes things up, it would become kind of boring, almost sandbox-ish. We talked about the division of uh, the um, management genre into tycoon games and sandbox games during one of our spin tires episode recently. And it feels like sort of that's what happened. What's happening with base builders as well. You have a, I'm a sandbox esque uh, builder uh, survival game where there's no real challenge outside of you just screwing up. And then you have, the more hardcore-esque manager survival game where the game will also you know, throw wrenches at, uh, into the works, you know, you know, throw a random event here, have uh, you know someone uh, get randomly sick. And while Oxygen Did Not Included does have a sickness system, it's a little bizarre where it acts as essentially a saving role against disease, where... Uh, each dupe has you know, 100% uh, immunity at first. And as they encounter diseases, it just batters away their immune system. And you can see the countdown on screen. So you know exactly when someone is going to get sick, exactly who's going to get sick, and likely what's going to cause them to get sick just by watching it and watching the uh, germ view and seeing, okay, this area is uh, very, very dirty. No one's cleaning it up. Whenever, you know, uh, Jeb goes through there uh, to go back to Kerbal, uh, he's going to get sick. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's exactly what I'm looking for in a build, in a base builder. But, well, to give you an idea, uh, I, my first real attempt in the game, I lost because of two reasons. One, I had a design flaw in my base where I had a central shaft uh, that uh, allowed people to uh, go up and down through the various layers. It's a 2D, uh, think almost 2D platformer-esque, where they're able to access a, a fair amount of the base. But the downside of that is that I had the bathrooms in the upper layer and uh, dupes poop. Often, I might add. And <laughs> in the uh, beginning of the game, you're a, a dish, a, a basically just building a porta potty where you use it so many times it has to be go, it has to be emptied. It develop, it generates polluted soil, which uh, also uh, produces disease. But you could uh, uh, put it in the uh, compost heap to make fertilizer to uh, feed the uh, crops. Yeah, you know, and uh, then the crops are getting eaten to make more poop. 
thus creating, uh, ending the great circle of shit. Well, because of a very hard set sleep timer, where yeah, sleep ha- uh, you know, sleep cycle goes off in the uh, schedule, everybody immediately goes to bed. Nobody okay. went to go empty the toilets. So morning ran uh, came around. Everybody had a full bladder. I was trying to get, uh, you know, boost the priority of the bathroom, but I couldn't tell, hey, you go clean the bathrooms before everybody shits. <laughs> and everybody uh, sleeps at pretty much the same rate, at least in the early game. I'm not sure if that changes up later on. But because I wasn't able to force someone to go clean it or, you know, keep someone up like I could in RimWorld to, you know, uh, kind of give myself a little bit of wiggle room on a design flaw. The bathrooms got clogged up and then because of the central shaft, all the waste that was generated spontaneously by everybody making a mess went right down the shaft, overflowed and flowed into the water cistern, which, uh, it, which introduced disease into the water system. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And because of that, uh, everybody was constantly getting disease checks, and it was just battering away at the resistance uh, or the immune system of all my dupes until they started to essentially cascade, get sick. And I didn't have the research developed yet to be able to counteract that. So, yeah, completely my fault, but. If I knew that was coming, or, you know, for Saul, the, you know, oh, well, I need to add another bathroom. So there's a step there. Bathroom fullness is staggered enough. Then that would completely alleviate, you know, that hurdle, you know? Yeah. You, you see where I'm coming from on this? So there was no uh, game system that was involved in this outside of my screwing up that. Top that started toppling the failure dominoes, right? Yeah, that's pretty. That is a pretty funny set of failure dominoes, though. Uh, I'm sure Dwarf Fortress is going to do some more interesting ones coming up, but uh, a couple other things I noticed in my three and some uh, three hours and some change is uh, they have some internal timers that are very interesting. The game is very heavy about fluid dynamics. You know, shit rolls downhill. In my case, literally. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, gas dynamics, where uh, the polluted uh, soil uh, generated by the porta potties and everything else will uh, introduce a b- a bacteria into the air, essentially, which will also uh, starts triggering disease checks, but in this game also, uh, they keep the idea that different gases have different weights. So if you don't introduce ventilation, actually fairly quickly, the bottom layers of your base quickly become inhabitable because carbon dioxide settles into pockets and you have to just stir the uh, atmosphere, which is interesting, but it also adds a lot to the CPU count in the background. You know, there's a lot of checks going on. Yeah. But it's interesting that it's 
almost I want to say space station builder than a uh, uh, than a town builder or city builder, you know. And yeah. it seems like they're trying to uh, build onto the end game more than they're trying to introduce any randomness or, randomness or any uh, uh, luck factor. Doesn't uh, seem like the right thing uh, to call it, but you know what I'm saying, you know. Uh, they just added in the last patch uh, rocketry. So once you're on the outer layer of the asteroid, which is one of the few areas that actually has a random event where occasionally meteor showers will rain down, uh, you're able to send people off uh, into off-screen missions that will bring back resources. Uh, but okay. it seems like they've or, or they're entering to the polish phase, which. Yeah, you know, it tells me that there's not going to be a lot more systems involved, at least likely. It's not a bad game. It's just not quite what I was looking for. Yeah. And it does have the clay, uh, you know, don't starve art style, which is, you know, hilarious <laughs> because it's very exaggerated, very stylistic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been interested in it for a while, but I've just sort of been waiting on it. I have so... Well, not so many, but I have several games uh, that are like this that are in early access. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll wait on this. Well, one. I picked it up cheap uh, during the last Steam sale, or last big Steam sale, I should say, where uh, picking up the Clay Survival Pack uh, knocked it down to, I think it was sub $8. Just because I had pretty much everything else in it. Yeah. And I also got uh, Don't Starve uh, Shipwrecked for like 50 cents out of the deal. <laughs> so, you know, it, I would say it's definitely worth it. But it's one of those that you should definitely watch uh, a Let's Play or watch a stream for to get an idea of what to expect from it. And there's also a couple other interesting uh, factors into it. There's essentially internal timer because you're building a life support system and the initial life support you just algae which is around water pockets and the asteroid you know like uh you know like you do algae uh, grow, grows in most environments but there's only so much algae nearby so you have to qu uh, fairly quickly transition to a more renewable life support system which requires uh, deeper research and once you pass the first tier of research you have to add more and more buildings to diversify your research uh, to bring in more essentially types of, uh, re of uh, tech points. I think, uh, uh, you know, the tech points kind of work in Factorio where you're building uh, one type of uh, tech point than another type. That sort okay. of thing. Only in this case, instead of building completely different factories uh, to put them together, you know, it's just different buildings to do so. But one uh, tech uh, could uh, use two or three different tech uh, types of points. So you're having to build onto that. And also you have to get specialists because once you're outside of uh, essentially the safe zone around where the uh, portal to bring in dupes uh, 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 is spawned, you have to start building up your miners to uh, higher tier of miners, which introduce hats. <laughs> yeah, very stylistic. But it also makes them more demanding. It makes it so that they want better food. They want a better uh, uh, environment around them. So it's also an internal timer. So if you're not fast enough, 
you're uh, likely going to suffocate and have, you know, no oxygen included in your pace. Eh? 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 Uh, because you didn't research the renewable uh, uh, life support systems quickly enough. But if you expand too quickly, uh, you're not going to be able to support your higher tier uh, artisans, you know, your uh, higher tier miners, your higher tier researchers, because that's also something that you have to uh, add additional uh, tiers of research for. Because only certain uh, tiers of researchers could use certain buildings, like the supercomputer requires a tier two researcher, whatever. I can't think of the name offhand. Uh, but in order to uh, do that, you have to you know, rank one up. And also, you just can't say, okay, you're a tier two researcher, or you're a tier three researcher now. They also have to stay in that job for a fair amount of time, actually. Uh, essentially, just accruing uh, experience points doing that job so a miner doing their job you make them a tier two miner uh they go mine some more and they eventually build up enough experience points where they can be promoted again but each time they're more demanding but it also gives them stat boost to counterbalance it so you know there's internal timers going on that uh, really require you to uh, build a certain way i think and it's quite punishing if you uh, uh, yeah, uh, waste time, especially in the beginning. So maybe that's where you know, some of the replayability will be. Uh, just you know, getting the feel for that initial, uh, I would say, first couple dozen uh, de- uh, cycles or days. But I, it's one of those games that I think once you get the formula down, it's going to be very yeah, stable. It's going to be kind of boring to me. And there's not real mod support yet, so I'm not sure if they're going to add it or what. I'm not sure if I'm selling this or not. <laughs> I mean, I'm still interested in it, but you're not making me want to pick it up sooner rather than later. It's for a very particular subset of the survival slash base builder uh, uh, fan base, and I'm not sure if I'm that subset, you know? Yeah. Which disappoints me because I yeah I really wanted to like it a lot more than I did. And I think that's about it, unless you have questions. I don't think so. You did a good I, job explaining it. I still do like how they handle uh, adding new colonists or new dupes or whatever you want to call it, where you're given a choice of three. It gets around the problem RimWorld has, where you can uh, easily end up with uh, just a useless colonist. Yeah. Or ones that uh, that end up being useless because, you know, just to pull an example, you know, completely at random, you know, a badger attacks them and kind of gnaws off their arms. I see. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I played a similar game called Meeple Station. Uh, I guess yeah, this actually, game yeah, I got a review code for that, but I didn't touch it yet. Um, so Meeple Station is, you know, a, a similar sort of thing. It's a, a space station building resource management type game where you don't have direct control over your people. Um, you know, you just click that you want something done and they go do it. Otherwise, they just sort of operate based on whatever type of person they are. So, you know, you, you hire a janitor, he's going to clean things. And you can't really do the janitor to do anything else unless you change him to something else or, um, 
like something catastrophic happens to your station, then it goes into emergency mode. Um, but I didn't play it a super long time. This game is very. Early. It was in its Kickstarter, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. Uh, I just I didn't. Well, their eat. latest news update is talking about oh, yeah, Kickstarter. Kickstarters. Yep, Kickstarters up. Um, yeah, I got this. I don't. I don't know if I requested this one or not because I've gotten several keys here recently that were just offered to me, um, as opposed to me. Requesting yeah, I had the I had this sent to me because I spent a lot of time with RimWorld. Yeah, I didn't um, request this specifically. But I mean, it's it's one of one of these types of games, except it's a space station instead of you know being on a planet or whatever. So there's this sort of three dimensional aspect where you can build your station up and down. Uh, relative to, you know, your plane. Um, so you, you can build multiple layers and do complex things with the station. But it all basically is, you know, the same sort of thing. You have to make sure that all of your bars are, you know, properly managed so that people on your station don't get upset or don't get sick or don't sort of revolt or rebel um, because your station is just covered in you know, garbage everywhere. So or waste. Uh, or waste. Or space junk. Um, it it's got I mean it, it's very early in its development cycle still. There's a lot of information that the game just doesn't tell you. Like obviously your space station needs energy. You need to have power for everything to run. Otherwise everyone will die because you're not producing oxygen or anything else. But the game doesn't actually tell you how much total power you're producing and how much power you need. Um, you can use, like, the basic power generation is solar panels. You can create generators and a few other things to give you additional power production. But you can, the only thing you can do is hover over something and see how much power that one specific thing is generating and how much power is being pulled by that one or from that one specific thing. So you might have one solar panel that, because of where it's positioned on your station, is not having any power drawn from it. So if you just hover over that one solar panel, you think, ah, I have plenty of power. But your station might actually not be properly powered because you don't have power conduits going to the right places. Or you accidentally placed something uh, one level too high or one level too low and you can't tell because the game doesn't do a good job of distinguishing which level you're on. I made that mistake more than once, building something too high or too low and being like, why the fuck aren't they using this thing? And then I realized, oh, it's because it's not actually connected because I built it on the wrong level. So you have to demolish it and start over. Um, at least at this point, thankfully, you get full resources back from recycling something. So it only costs you time and frustration if you fuck up like that. But... You know, there's other things that you can't tell at all how much you have. The only thing that it properly tells you how much you have is oxygen. So, so it, that's you just included. Get a, oxygen is included. You get a readout um, for each room for how much oxygen is available in the room. You can also hover over or click on one of your meeples uh, to see how much oxygen they are getting. Um, but it doesn't tell you, like, how many generators you need for a certain amount of population. You just have to sort of figure that out on your own. Um, the maps are procedurally generated or randomly generated, like, so that you have different resources on them. 
to mine and harvest, but it seems like the bulk of uh, what you get in the game you get by trading. So you build uh, um, essentially docking ports on your station and trade ships will come by and dock with your station and you can interact with them and buy and sell goods. And you can set up some simple rules that, you know, to always buy at this price and always sell at that price, like set that sort of thing. So that's nice. But otherwise, aside from a cute art style, it's just too early to tell. The game has got it, its biggest problem is that it just doesn't give you the information that you need easily or at all. Because, um, I mean, obviously you have to have power for your station to operate, but ha most of the time you have no idea how much power you're using and how much power you need. Because there's no quick and easy way to see how much power am I generating, how much am I using, how much do these things generate. Yeah, that's one thing I have to applaud Oxygen Not Included on is... They have an end of day uh, progress report that breaks down your food production, your uh, oxygen, your water, everything based on uh, how much you produced and how much you consumed. And it sounds like this game could really use something like that. Yeah. But to be fair, it's it is uh, very early in its production. It's not going to release till February of next year. Yeah. And I don't know if that's supposed to be like an early access release or what. Um, because obviously I have this game very early. Uh, but I'm gonna, you know, it's got promise. I like the idea. It's got a cute art style. The music's not too shabby. The sound effects weren't too annoying. Boy, uh, that, that's a ringing praise. The sound effects were not too annoying. Well, you put, think about that it, on games the box like art. these, there's going to be a lot of repetitive mm -hmm. sound effects as people are going around and doing things. Um, but for the most part, they were fine. The only annoying sound is the snoring sound that the meeples make when they sleep. It's not the cute kind of snoring either that's like, me, 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 me. Oh, like, they didn't go through full Three Stooges. No, they didn't do that. They should have. It's just like generic snoring. Um, so, yeah, it's a game that shows promise. And, you know, if this winds up being, you know, the final version, let's say. Let's say they didn't really do anything else with it. They just left it as this, just a this sandbox type game. Um, if you really like this type of game, you know, it's like a four or five dollar purchase, I think. You know, that's about what this game feels like. But given some time, hopefully they add more features and flush the game out some more, particularly give you more information about what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see this game continue to develop into to sort of like a, what was it, space station? Space station sim. Yeah. At which there hasn't been a lot of really good ones. There's been a fair few um, uh, in the genre, but no real good ones. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, space stations, they just kind of sit there. They do just kind of sit there. It uh, it ran at 60 FPS on my, my laptop. I would hope so, looking at this. Yeah, it's a, it, you know, it's runs on a potato. So, I think I would run on a French fry. <laughs> so, what's your other game you played? Or on a tater tot. Mmm, tater tots. Oh, so my other game is In Between. No, 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 no that's what the name is. It's not In Between something. It's In Between. This well, yeah, is I know a that. puzzle platformer, uh, uh, physics puzzler. It's... 
I have to say that the art style in this is very interesting and the screenshots do not really do it justice. Uh, it looks a lot better in motion. Uh, you start off uh, in the hospital in a wheelchair and this is about a man who is dying and is trying to, I guess, appreciate the life that he has left. Uh, I didn't get very far in it because, well, the cardinal sin for a puzzle platformer is you need good controls and the controls in this game fucking suck this is one of those games that it, it rotates the gravity to uh, essentially put you put you on different facets of uh, the game space and it bound well a lot of the controls are actually bound to very odd things now mind you I'm using a PlayStation 4 controller that is emulating a Xbox 360 controller. So, to uh, my PC, it looks like I have a 360 controller connected, alright? Right. Now, loading up the game, you would expect, you know, A to select things, right? You know, uh, press A to start. Yep, pretty you'd, standard. You'd be wrong. It would be B to start. Okay. Uh... You would expect X to do something, right? I would expect that, yes. Yeah, it goes back to the main fucking menu. Immediately. As does pressing the left analog tr uh, uh, stick. Takes you immediately back to menu. To rotate the world... Uh, now, mind you, this is in uh, four directions. You know, you uh, rotate uh, essentially the gravity in four directions. Uh, wh where would you put that on the uh, uh, controller? Yeah, somewhere that uh, has four buttons. Yeah, per, uh, yeah. that potentially are uh, indicate uh yeah, something like directions. Yeah, some sort of pad. Like a like a directional pad. Well, you'd Does be such right. Does exist? Uh, yeah, you would put it on the D-pad, but only two of them. Well, where are the other two? The other triggers? On the triggers. But to move the uh gravity facing uh so down is the left. Which trigger would you put that on? Left? No, you put it on the right. Okay. <coughs> and right goes to the left. Mind you, I could rebound this with uh, X-Patter. Or with uh, DS from Windows. But... <laughs> oh. <coughs> oh, sorry, I had a little bit of a tickle in my throat as well. Oh, and also... Uh, uh, up and down on uh, gravity. Uh, I'm not sure if it you know, you have to press and hold it, if you have to double tap it or what, because it was fucking obnoxious to ever get it to go even in the right direction, let alone in the right axis. It was horrendous. And there is a rather steep jump in difficulty throughout the first three uh, three or four levels where they quickly introduce uh, blocks that you have to manipulate along with the gravity. Uh, and for one of the puzzles, you essentially have to go halfway through the level, trigger a switch to spawn a box, then traverse back to the start of the level, which also rotates the box around to be able to prevent you from hitting spikes. Oh, and mind you, there's spikes every fucking where. And 
um, something else about this game. Uh, if you had fairly long levels, uh, would you introduce something called a checkpoint? Hmm. Hmm. That sounds a little complicated. That could yeah. help the players out a little too much. Yeah, Makes we sense. can't do that. No, no checkpoints. So you die, and the level completely resets. And, 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 I'm not done yet. You okay. have a game where gravity shifts, so you're, uh, yeah, you fall, and yeah, thankfully no fall damage, so they didn't fuck that up. But once you're in motion, you cannot change gravity. Would it be fucking evil to have some levels that are bigger than the viewable space? So well, yes, it would be. So if you hit the wrong direction, uh, you're dead, and you don't even uh, know that was a problem until you died, because they did that as well on like level three. There's just sounds perfect. There's just so many bad gameplay uh, decisions on this that overshadows the rather nice art style, the very good voice acting, the interesting premise of talking about. You know, uh, in between life's big events, you know, essentially the filler, uh, they bring out an Orson Welles quote in the very beginning. You know, uh, uh, a happy ending uh, all just depends on where you end the story. And then he says, and that's bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can see where it's a very jaded story uh, from the very get go. Which I found it interesting. You know, him talking about... uh, He uh, tried to talk to his father, but his father was too interested in watching the uh, Late Show. And it was a rerun. And he watched his father die one one TV show at a time. You know, know, very cheerful things like that. Right. It just disappointed me because... I wanted to like this a lot more than I did, but oh, I just could not get past the uh, uh, the l- level difficulty progression and just the absolutely mind-bogglingly uh, stupid control scheme. And granted, I, I was pl- uh, playing this uh, live on the Steam Roulette video that I did. Yeah, just going in completely blind into a game. Or as blind as I could be for a game that's in my library. And this was one that came up that I guess fell through the cracks at one point. Or I picked it up somewhere. I'm actually unsure where I got this. Because I couldn't find uh, the email from Keymailer saying, hey, you got a, a, a key for this. So, yo, it wasn't there. I, it, I didn't recognize any of the bundles it came from. So I have no idea where the fuck I got this. But whatever I paid for it, it was obviously too much. <laughs> what if it was free somewhere? Still too much. Let's just put it this way. The uh, 68 on Metacritic. Awfully conned. Wow. It's just one of those games that is... Uh, it, it, oh, and of course, uh, the uh, video starts playing on uh, Metacritic because, of course... Uh, it's just one of those games that it's a very art house game, but I'm a gameplay guy. So if you give me a very pretty game that plays like shit, 
and does not interest me in the slightest because I'm too upset at the control scheme, then I'm going to shit all over it. Yeah, you know, much like uh, you know, the central shaft um, <laughs> oxygen non-included <laughs> base. <laughs> shit everywhere. Up to your ankles. Up to your asshole. Uh, well, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, everybody was able to clean it up fairly quickly, but unfortunately it entered the water supply and, you know, it was just downhill from there. You know, uh, some, uh, you know something about, you know, uh, don't shit where you eat or drink. Yep, yep, that's, uh, that's a thing. But you, you, you did. Not, not on purpose. Over. Not on purpose. Uh, but yeah. They talk about being a touching sco- uh, story, uh, gameplay changing stages, uh, more like uh, ugh, gameplay challenging stages. And I can't imagine sixty levels of this. <laughs> Whenever I was having trouble in uh, level three and four, and it's one of those puzzle games that you have to do perfectly. You know, there's no alternate uh, solutions. Okay, right. Oh uh, yeah, disappointing. Sad day. Well, you want to hear about another disappointing game? Not really, but go for it. Command and Conquer Rivals. The, oh, this uh, uh, this uh, uh, house cover game. The mobile, air quotes, Command and Conquer game. Yeah, this was the one that the last E3 they spent how long on? A long time. 20, 30 minutes? Uh, and uh, a good chunk of that was them... Uh, focusing on uh, playing it on your phone and it looking horrendous to play. Yep. I mean, it plays like any Clash Royale type of game, you know, these sort of tug-of-war style mobile games that exist. You have a tiny, tiny bit of control over your, your units that you build. You can, whenever they're built... You, like, have selected them by default, but if you want to move one of them somewhere else, you just tap on it, and then tap on the screen in the general vicinity of where you want them to go. Then you just tap it in? Yep, you just tap it in, and so they'll just go there, and that's that's the extent of the strategy. Also, do you Uh, want to try No, it isn't. There's also, you know, how many times you want to swipe your credit card. Also, you can decide whether or not you want to attack someone else's uh, or minor. But that's basically a pointless thing. Because um, everybody defends their or minor like crazy. Never tries to strategically not defend it. Maybe sacrifice it for one reason or another. But honestly, also, most people don't bother. Most people don't bother to attack your or minor. Because if you can't hold the central point with the nuke then you just, you lose. You can destroy the other player's base by ignoring the nuclear weapons, but, or the the, the nuke in the center of the map, you get two nukes on your opponent's base and it, it blows up. And it's way easier to do that. But it's just, it's it's not fun. It's extremely generic. Very little about this game is actually, even looks like Command and Conquer. There are a few units that I recognize from the series. And I've played... All of the Command and Conquer games, I think. If not all of them, most of them. I played all of the original series. I've played the Red Alert spinoff. I played Command and Conquer Generals. Um, 
I played all the way up to Red Alert 3. I think the only one I haven't played is Command & Conquer 4, whatever its subtitle was. And I heard it was garbage because it was super dumbed down. Um, not really the, the Command & Conquer RTS type of gameplay. And that's the reason I stayed away from it. This lacks all of Command & Conquer's heart and soul. There's no silly, over-the-top, live-action stuff. You know, no skits. Well, to be fair, imagine how much uh, drive space that would take on a phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, almost none. Honestly. Because the, the way to do it would be to make it all, like, quirky and weird and, and low-quality. like the Or animated. Games. Or even animated. Yeah. Jesus, just animate it. And be silly about it. None of the characters from the the older games return except for maybe Kane. Like he was advertised um, to go with well, to, it. But well, all to be of, fair, do we know that was Kane and not just a bald guy? Yeah, no, it's hard to tell. It looks like mostly like Kane, but so far I haven't confirmed. Haven't had it confirmed in the game. Well, maybe me, it was a corpse of one not. of the other commanders, and all the hair fall, uh, fell out after a while. Maybe. I mean, this game isn't even the best of these tug-of-war style of games um, that I've played. So it doesn't have that going for it. It's not really Command & Conquer. It's Command & Conquer in name and the fact that Tiberium is on the map. whoop de fucking do And the Mammoth Tank is there. And I haven't even gotten high enough of a level to get... Um, to get the Nod Forces, so I don't know what their stuff is like. You can't even see it until you get to at least level 4, but getting to level 4 is a grind, even to the first four levels. I played it for, over the course of a week, about uh, two hours, just hoping to get to level 4 so I could see the Nod stuff. I lost one mission, or one fight, and didn't get to level 4 in two hours. And I just was like, I'm done. I can't play this anymore. It's not fun. It's not Command & Conquer. If they just had like a single player mode or like some quirky challenges or something like that, like it would give it a little bit of redeeming value. But there's just nothing. It's just generic cash grab, nostalgia grabbing garbage. And it makes me sad. And so I don't want to talk about you're it saying that, that a game made by a AAA developer. Pretty much. A, a, a game made by EA, specifically. But look at it makes, this way. It'll make the investors happy. Yeah. And there, and then, for a short time before we destroyed the world, there was a lot of profit. Yep. And all the investors were happy. But I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So let's move on um, to my next game, because you're out of games. Yeah, I this had a another... short week because I was uh, go, uh, getting through uh, Fallout New Vegas at one point, and then just I was, I'm getting through another game for uh, this week and to talk about next week. I'm not far enough into it. Gotcha. So my next game is another mobile game. It's called Train Simulator Pro 2018. This is well, you can't paid... be an amateur, right? No. No train simulator amateurs here, just pros. Um, this is a, a paid app um, that I paid for. It was on sale. I got it for a dollar. Odd. It was less than a dollar. It was, or is that what it is right now? That's what it is right now. 
Okay. I was saying it was something weird, like 70-something cents or whatever, but I guess it was a dollar. But anyways, uh, the best way to describe this game is think Euro Truck, but with trains, and also sort of a light version of that. So a light Euro Truck on rails. Yeah, pretty much. Um, There's uh, six different uh, locomotives in the game right now, Um, several different types of passenger cars and freight cars, and it's got the eastern United States as the entire map, Um, and you drive your train from city to city, you take on missions, which is basically just cargo or passenger hauls between cities. Um, you also are at liberty to drive around to your heart's content uh, with no restrictions. You know what? You're allowed to go off the rails. <laughs> so, sort of, sort of. Um, but it it looks pretty good. It plays well. It's a great game to sit and play with my kid, or something that I can play sort of. Uh, passively while I watch stuff on the couch. Um, it does, I mean, it's a mobile game. It does unfortunately have additional microtransactions, but it feels fairly decently balanced. Um, I haven't felt like, oh my God, the grind is awful and obnoxious. Like you, you know, you have like a, uh, a conductor level. And as you, you know, complete missions and things, you get, experience and you level up and get and you're able to, to move on to bigger and better better orchestras indeed indeed uh also bigger and better trains but um oh, you know, nothing, that type of conductor nothing feels like it's ridiculously grindy or anything at this point it, this could be a case of mobile game balancing where the early game is balanced properly and the later game is garbage and wants to direct you to microtransactions we'll see but I was like, for ninety nine cents or a dollar or whatever, you know, this looks like a, a good train game that has good reviews. Something that I can play with my kid if we're ever like out and about and need to kill some time, and he wants to play a game. Like, good for that. And it has graphics options. I was amazed. It's got your standard high, medium, and low, or you know, balanced performance uh, and quality modes. But it also has things like anti-aliasing you can turn off and on and motion blur and a couple other things. Um, you can set a default like FOV. Huh. I was like it's a real game. Fly. Almost like it's a real game, yeah. Um, so it's it's a fun little mobile game. Uh, it definitely doesn't replace like the full-blown train sims you can get on PC or whatever. But, you know, on the go, it's pretty decent. The yeah, only but to be fair, have... you know, you're comparing a game that you bought for a dollar for... To a game that you could buy for several thousand of them. Very true. Very true. The, the the only major complaint I have about it is how much of a battery hog it is. Um, it just... You could get probably from a full battery two hours of playtime before your battery on your phone completely died. Uh, that's not necessarily a knock on the game. Most mobile games are battery hogs. Um, two hours maybe a little extreme. Three hours is about right, I think. Um, but you know, if you're near a charger or whatever, like if I'm laying in bed, I can just plug my phone in and play it while I watch, you know, the Martian for the 8,000th time. Matt Damon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun little game. Um, and then finally, the last game that I played this week, uh, really I've played over the course of the last two weeks quite a bit is, uh, World of Warcraft. 
specifically the legion update as that is now part of the battle chest so you know like the basic game goes all the way up to legion which was their last expansion with the new one being battle for azeroth um as i've mentioned on the show many times before my mom has been a huge uh, wow gamer for years uh i got her into it um around cataclysm and she has played almost non-stop since then there was some stuff that went on and my you know for her a couple of years ago um actually within the last year or so just like some stuff that's been going on she's gotten injured a couple of times been quite sick off and on hasn't been able to play much but other than that i mean she's played at least weekly if not daily for several years at this point and she's still not very good at the game (laughs) Bless her heart. I love my mom to death, and I do enjoy playing with her, but she is not very good at WoW, despite all the time she's spent in it. But a few weeks ago, her and I were talking, and uh, she was like, you should play WoW again. And I was like, I've been wanting to get back into an MMO, and the only other one that I really have a vested interest in is Eve, and I can't play Eve. Eve is bad for me. Um, well, to be fair, like, you, you, you don't play Eve. Uh, Eve plays you. Yeah, you you live Eve. You you have to eat, sleep, and breathe it if you want to. You wake up and all your that. bed sheets have just been replaced by spreadsheets. Bed spreadsheets. And then but Katie's anyways, giving you the look. But anyway, but anyways, mom was like, "Well, you know, if you think you'll play, you know, I'd be willing to buy you a little game time, see if you like Legion and yada yada." And I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll play again." Especially, like, if you're going to buy me some game time. And I have, like, no investment because, you know, I already own the game. And like I said, it goes all the way up to Legion now for the base game. So why not? And I've been really thoroughly enjoying it. Um, They added bunches of stuff to Draenor, Rulers of Draenor, after I stopped playing that. Um, And then all all the new stuff has been added to Legion. Um, They... I think with the Legion update struck the right balance for most people. The the Legion update continues to expand on Draenor, the the, the Draenor area. So it yeah, adds... this is the alternate timeline Draenor, right? Uh, uh, yeah, that was essentially what the Outlands would have been if it, you know, the planet didn't get kind of torn to shreds. Correct, Amundo. See, I know my um, I know some of my lore. But it adds several new questing areas. It expands on all of the old ones and adds a whole bunch of new story content. Um, it takes the focus away from you being sort of like this commander type person. And while all of that stuff is still there and your garrison is still there, um, if you don't want to, you can ignore it. The garrison just basically beca- becomes a way to farm gold. Uh, all of the resources are still used in crafting. But a lot of the stuff that the garrison does for me just lets you farm gold, which... Yeah, don't they have a way now to convert uh, WoW gold into actual game time? Uh, essentially Plex? Yeah. Yeah, they're called WoW tokens. Um, and people can buy WoW tokens for real money and then sell them on the auction house for shit tons of gold. Uh, I don't... I looked at it and I was like, man, that's a lot of gold. And then I haven't looked at it again, so I don't know how much, but... It's a lot. Although gold is... Uh, has inflated a lot since... Even since the last time I played WoW. 
Um, yeah, let's see. Know. Oh, look, there's a tracker for uh, wild token prices. Uh, a hundred and three thousand gold right now. Yeah, I was thinking it was over a hundred thousand, but I didn't want to say for sure. Huh? It's a lot more expensive in uh, the Asian markets. How much is it in the Asian markets? Uh, in Taiwan, it's two hundred eighty-five thousand. In uh, China, two hundred twenty-five thousand, and in Korea, two hundred ninety-five thousand. So about twice as expensive. Uh, nearly three times. Oh, uh, the U.S. was just over a hundred thousand. Korea is just under three hundred thousand. Oh, okay. Uh, My mistake. And EU is also you, a, 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 very, uh, a lot more expensive. One hundred eighty-two thousand. Uh, well, one hundred eighty-three thousand versus the U.S. is one hundred. Three hundred, four thousand. That's. I wonder why it's such a big jump. I mean, I understand you know the Asian markets, and boy, this is going to sound racist, but they tend to enjoy a lot more grindy uh, uh, MMOs. So it yeah, makes so the uh, so inflation makes, is much higher. So it makes there. sense that you know, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot more inflation. But not yeah, that sure, is interesting. But not sure of the, the difference European between be the much closer. Yeah, th- that's a pretty big difference, and it looks like it's been pretty stable actually. This is fascinating. I'm just looking at the uh, chart for the last uh, week or so, and there's been a little bit of fluctuation, but not a lot. Uh, something like five thousand for, uh, or not even five thousand, uh, a little under five thousand uh, uh, gold per uh, uh over the course of uh just the last couple of days i wonder if you can play the market uh if they're uh just how much uh, uh auction house chunk they take probably a pretty significant probably even in eve it was really difficult to uh play the plex market they were really they cracked down hard on that to try and avoid market manipulation for that one particular thing. It could still be done, though, if you're patient. But Plex inflated a lot faster, I think, than WoW tokens have. Hard to say for sure, but because it's been a while. Well, also, WoW token, token or WoW gold could be used for other things in the uh, Blizzard little ecosystem as well. Yeah, there's a lot less to take money out of the economy in Eve than there are in, in WoW. Well, I'm not just talking about the money sinks in WoW itself, but uh, couldn't you uh, spend WoW gold and buy Overwatch at one point? I do not know. Uh, Chatter away while I do that. Okay. But anyways, so I really like, I, I always like the Garrison stuff, but they have sort of pulled back on that being necessary for you to play. Because um, one of the big complaints about Draenor, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it's too casual. All of this stuff that's like timers and countdown based is, you know, mobile-esque and all of that stuff. Um, So Legion has taken the focus away from that and added um, a lot more world building aspects as well as a lot more focus on you just going and doing quests that affect the world. Um, Because Draenor did have a lot of repetitive things. It was like battlegrounds and battle zones where you went and um, would kill, you know, X number of enemies. Which, I mean, that's typical WoW Quest stuff, but, you you know, 
wipe out enemies and destroy structures and things to score points, essentially. Um, and then you'd be rewarded based on the points that you got for certain missions. Others had just a flat reward. You know, wipe out enough of the enemy and you'll get the reward in Apexus Crystals, which was one of the currencies added in World of Draenor, or gold or garrison resources or whatever. You know, you get big chunks of it. Um, and those were daily quests you could do. Uh, whereas Legion focused a lot more on having more lore building story quests um they introduced the players the ability to get legendary weapons like uh gorehal or doomhammer like you could acquire those weapons and level them up and then immediately um, and they... discard them on the next expansion uh no they reworked them apparently in battle for azeroth they changed a lot of the upgrade systems on them um so all of the legion upgrades were sort of like they're now like tier one and uh, Battle for Azeroth added sort of like a tier 2 system for you to continue upgrading them. Um, what's my weapon's name? I have a legendary... One of the ones that they created uh, that they invented for the Legion expansion. Well, what I just found that... Gold? Yes, you could indirectly use uh, WoW Gold for other games. Uh, if you have a uh, token in your inventory... Instead of burning yeah. it for game time, you could uh, burn it for wallet credit, essentially. Yeah. And that's how you do it. That's interesting. Might uh, look into doing some of that. I've got... If I sold off all of my excess stuff that I've been collecting from my garrison, like crafting materials to save for alts and things like that, I could get pretty close... And I mean, I have access to my mom's guild bank, and she has ungodly sums of items and money. You don't need just, all of this. <laughs> I wouldn't just steal from my mom, but she's been like, yeah, take anything you need. I just, you know, I just put stuff in there. I don't even know what's in there anymore. And she's got all of the guild tabs and all of everything and just stacks and stacks and stacks of items. I might do that in the the near future. I'm not going to worry about it right now. Yeah, but, so 110000 uh, essentially for $15. That's a hell of a ratio, huh? Yeah. What is my gun? Well, I can't... Well, I, can't I, I hear that there's many head. like it, but the, that one is yours. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's like the, the legendary uh, craftable weapon... I can't even think of it, but I'm an engineer and the engineer can craft it. So I crafted it for myself and it's at level four right now. And at level six is when you unlock the legendary weapon status and can start applying stuff to it. Just like you can do with Doomhammer and Gorehowl and etc. So that's a pretty neat system that I like. Um, it encourages you to stick with gear for longer than you would otherwise and allows gear to carry over between expansions as opposed to just dumping everything for, you know, the first green weapon you find because it's better because it's from the expansion instead of the base game. Um, they've also added these sort of progressive quests, uh, progressive combat missions as part of Legion, like with being, it being the focus on you doing things again as opposed to just, like, sending your garrison people off to do stuff. Um, there are now battle areas you can go to it's like assault a fort 
and it's like a six stage quest to assault the fort and you know you you breach the gates and go inside and take out people and work your way up to the commander and eventually fight them and kill them um and they take a decent amount of time to do 30 to 45 minutes it feels almost like um a a solo uh raid or a solo dungeon in wow um just existing out there in the world and then when you complete them the world itself changes to reflect you know what you have done bases change hands things get destroyed areas that were consumed by darkness return to light you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. which is still fun and neat to see it particularly in wow because they've never done stuff like that there have been like major world changes that whenever you hit a story point or use an expansion um or with like cataclysm probably being the biggest you know the world state changes but that's generally fairly constant i like the fact that they've been doing more sort of instant content to give uh, more player agency and control in the mmo setting i think they recognize that people play a lot more solo now than they used to and they're trying to cater that in their audience i haven't hit max level for legion yet Um, i'm about halfway there so i haven't tried any of the legion dungeons or raids or anything yet i probably won't do raids i was never big into raids anyways but i did always enjoy the dungeon runs Uh, i'll check out the new dungeons um they've got a whole new challenge system as well that gives you like bonus rewards and stuff and they've got you know those difficulty modifiers and there's they've got some wacky ones too kind of like the skulls from halo um the weird stuff that i've seen that looks pretty fun but i set Uh, up like what um well they they've got um like party confetti so sort of like the grunt birthday party one but just like when certain enemies explode they explode in confetti um and if you get one of those it'll trigger like multiple chained explosions between enemies as they die and they do bonus damage uh there's one i've seen that um turns everyone into uh, iron so they move very slowly but they take a lot you know they're a lot more tanky so it changes the dungeon dynamic and changes how you have to force or do certain boss fights and things like that um i think one of them was from battle for azeroth how that it um changed uh like it would um randomize your abilities and stuff throughout the dungeon um so just every once in a while your abilities will change and you might have abilities from a completely different class things like that but that one might be just one of the battle for azeroth modifiers i can't remember if that was in that or legion because like i said i haven't tried it yet i just listened to some people talk about it um and, and seen some things but Anyways, you know, some so some fun dungeon modifiers. But I set up a Discord server for my mom for her guild. Because everyone in her guild is her friends that she's made over the years playing WoW. Um, but they've never actually talked with one another because everyone <laughs> uses voice chat. And I'm like, you know, there's like a million and one ways to talk to people. And she's like, well, I don't want to Skype with them. And I was like, let me hook you up. I got I'll get this. You a, I'll get you a Discord server set up. We'll invite everybody. She was like, what's a Discord server? Well, I want to be organized. (laughs) I'm like, my mom's coming over here on Friday to do some stuff. I was like, when you come over on Friday, bring your laptop. I'll get you into the the Discord server. I'll show you. It'll be fine. So we're going to do some some dungeon dungeoneering. 
Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've really enjoyed my time being back at it. Um, I like the tweaks that they made. I always like to drain ore, so I still do spend a lot of time at my garrison, like managing my uh, my team of adventurers. And I've got the the harbor, so now I have ships that I can send out on missions. Um, they're really good for farming gold and rare items too. So that's handy dandy. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed my time in WoW. I'm probably gonna keep playing it. Um, you know, I'm logging in just about every day to do my garrison dailies, which is like get all of the daily, uh, um, or do all of the daily crafting available, do all of the daily gathering of the specific resources around the base, seeing what the daily missions are, the daily challenges. If I want to complete, pretty them. much me for Warframe. Pretty much, yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts while I've been playing. Yeah, catching up. Yeah, so I have Warframe. I pop in, uh, check out the daily stuff, uh, check out the sorties, uh, run a couple missions, uh, wait for the coffee to kick in. Yeah, and I'm halfway invested in WoW storyline. Like a lot of MMOs, I just blow off the story because I don't give a shit. I'm just here to. Also, you like Thrall? Yeah, <laughs> I do like Thrall. I do. Um. In this expansion, Thrall's going to be even more awesome. But now, in, he's going to get a babe. Yeah. There was a really epic cutscene where Thrall just destroys Gromash Hellscream. Just absolutely tears him to shreds. Well, I guess not literally. There's no gore in it. But they get into a fight, some kind of challenge right or something. Um, which is stupid, because I was winning that fight. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, story... Suddenly you're losing. It's like fuck you. I'm a um, my spec is uh, sort of like the Lich King fight. You're beating the ever living shit out of him, and then he says, "Nope, I win." He kills everyone. Yeah. Or did you ever do the Lich King fight? I did do Lich King. Yeah, it's 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 a lot like that. Yeah. What's hilarious is uh, every time during that fight, once you get to the you know uh, we win uh uh forced raid wipe. As soon as the debuff that uh, prevented me from uh, hitting reincarnate uh, went off, I got up first and just started wailing on him. You thought you could kill me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm playing as a beastmaster hunter, which lets me have two pets, and then most of my uh, abilities are two active pets, and then most of my abilities are geared towards managing my pets and interacting with them. Um. So, and I can just summon, like, hordes of animals for brief periods of time. Oh, the Snow White build. Yeah, so, (laughs) violent, violent white. (laughs) The Snow Red build. I've got a, I've got a raptor as one of my pets, and then a three-headed dragon as one of my pets. And then I can summon, like, a a horde of, uh, or a flock of crows. That's fun. Wouldn't that be a murder? Uh, Yes, you're right. I can summon a murder of crows. I can summon a giant venomous spider, or not spider, snake, to attack my enemies. And then I can summon like a... And then badgers and a mushroom. An animal stampede that just summons like a whole bunch of random animals. And all of these things last for like 30 seconds to a minute, plus my two pets that are there all the time. Like if I want to really focus down one enemy, I can fuck up someone's shit. But I tend to spread them out, do a lot of crowd control. Um... But yeah, yeah, I knew that you were going to talk about WoW, so I looked up to see what they did to my class, and it looks like they did 
Not much, actually. <laughs> they forgot about Enhancement Shaman once again. Yeah, the the Hunter got completely revamped. Like, had to redo my entire talent tree, my entire abilities, respect. Talent like, tree? Don't out. you mean list? Yeah, talent list. And so. uh, for Enhancement Shaman, you have, you know, the right choice and then the other two. Because uh, the Shaman is one of those weird classes that has the uh, DPS caster, the healer, and the punch in the face type of sh- uh, class, you know? Yeah. For a while, the Hunter could be a pretty effective tank, but they removed a lot of the Hunter's abilities to tank. Unless it's in one of the other builds. Because um, I was like, Beastmaster. Yes. Yes, please. I want the, all Yeah, it, now you're uh, running around in a thong uh, with two ferrets. <laughs> nope. I got my, my, uh, my first... Well, not my first, but uh, my first, I guess, legion set of giant pauldrons that are bigger than my body. Then if you're a horde, you take off the shoulders. Yes. Everything is right in the world. My armor is larger than a a horse. So is my weapon. It's shiny, too. My weapon is shiny. It sparkles. Big double-barrel shotgun. But anyways, yes, that is... World of Warcraft, specifically the Legion, and I guess some of the Draenor expansion. In like two years, whenever the next expansion comes out, I'll get Battle for Azeroth, and we can talk about that. Yeah, I do kind I of miss my time early. with WoW, but I, I think it's one of those things that I can't really go back to it. They've changed too much. It's not the game I loved back in the day. To be fair, I also quit when your mom started to play. Uh, yeah. I stopped uh, with Cataclysm, uh, uh I think just before the first raid set came out, uh, between the launch and the first raid. I mean, I really yeah. liked how they revamped the world, but uh, they also made it where it felt like most of the challenge was just people being stupid. Yeah. I uh, I played during Cataclysm for a while, but I stopped somewhere at Cataclysm. I completely skipped Pandaria. Um and then came back with Warlords of Draenor. What, you missed Jack Blackland? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. I did miss that. That's okay. Oh, to be I fair, I think you're playing playing the Jesse Cox version of uh, WoW, where you're coming back after an expansion, and you're enjoying all the content at once. Pretty much. That's the best way to do it. And that is the best way. Um, They're already introducing new stuff, though, like on the Blizzard app or launcher or whatever they're like first new raid of legion and they're showing some stuff up about it or not legion uh, battle for Azeroth. i'm like yeah that's great i'm still catching up on all the stuff you've put out for the last three years i'll get there eventually see you in 2027 yeah but i mean i think wow is is doing well for its age for its age it's still holding on well. Uh, I would I say it's probably visually... still the you know the the big uh, MMO in the Western market. Yeah, even though they're I, not I... releasing uh, player numbers anymore because yeah you know, they started to slip. Yeah, uh, but... um, I've noticed some visual upgrades from the last time I played, but I mean it still runs on a on a potato essentially on a tater tot. Yeah. So yeah. That is uh, the games we played this week. Yeah, and, uh, and well, I was going to say, WoW is just one of those anomalies that 
they're still able to uh, live off the subscription model when nobody else can. Yeah. Are there any other major MMOs that are subscription-based? Not that I could think of off the top of my head. Eve was the only other one hanging on, and now they've gone free-to-play, too, within the last year, so... Yeah, but uh, that one's kind of a weird hybrid. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those games that's using, like, the premium system. Like, you can play so much of it for free, but if you want everything, you have to buy in. Uh, or Farm for Plex. Online did that for a while. Yeah, Star Trek yeah, uh, has the full money shop, which... Uh, looking at it gets a little stupid after a while. Yeah. Uh, Warframe is full, uh, free to play, which that's not really in the mode. That's kind of blurring the line there. Uh, Wild Stars shutting down. Yeah. Well, well, the well the developer shutting down. I'm not sure what the fate is of the servers just yet. But let's be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, their day days are numbers now. Uh, now, and they were a subscription model that went free to play eventually. Yeah. Uh, Guild Wars is a pay to play, or pay once. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah pay in, buy in, buy the game itself, and then you have free uh, subscri- uh, a subscription essentially. Yeah, but they've also got uh, a lot um, of expansions. Yeah, so you're kind of just uh, uh, you could view it almost as just a, the subscription model, but you're getting the game for free or vice versa, because yeah. it kind of works out about the same ish. Is there any other major MMOs in the Western market that I'm uh, missing? Uh, Destiny? Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, well, I was uh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, Destiny is technically there if we're going to count Destiny's Warframe. Destiny's an MMO. If we're, if we're counting Warframe, we get to count Destiny as well, and Destiny is just a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just... I'm going to be playing that soon. I had uh, one of my... My mom's WoW friends. I got to, to talking with her because she's in the guild mm-hmm. about stuff, and she's like, you know, like my mom, like fifty something years old. Kids are all grown, and then she's like, "Your mom's told me you play all these other games, and she told me you, that you played that one Destiny game. Have you played Destiny two? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I've not really been too interested in it." Um, I was like, I might, I might, you know, I'd probably play it if I got it for free, but I'm not going to buy it. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm, one of those I'm deals. looking at MMOs on uh, Steam and people have a very, very loose definition of what an MMO is these days. It's even but worse than roguelike. But then I, I had a gift in my inventory on Battle Battle.net and she Aww. was like, hey, you said you'd play it if you got it for free. It was on sale. So here you go. And I was like, oh, hey, thanks. That's very nice of you. So I'll be playing that soon, maybe next week or. Okay. The, okay. Question. Question. How the fuck is Microsoft Flight Simulator X uh, considered an MMO? Uh, does it? It has multiplayer. I'm just looking. Right? I'm looking at the massively multiplayer tag on Steam, and it's in the uh, top. Uh, I guess. Uh. 20 on here. Granted, you know, it's top selling, so, yeah, but uh, people tag stupid things to begin with, so, you know, it's not r- really uh, surprising. But, yeah, I'm just looking at some of It these looks and- like the Steam world of it is an open world 
and you can play multiplayer in it. That's, I mean, that's a big stretch. More uh, like, uh, okay, sandbox okay, sandbox type. Okay, thing. Uh, here's one that's a, even a bigger stretch: Euro Truck. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, technically, I guess the multiplayer mod, but that wouldn't be the game itself. I'm just trying to find something. G- that- GTA Five multiplayer. Oh well, that's uh, essentially a subscription because you need to buy the. Uh, 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 the shark cards to ever hope to do any of the content we are within the same lifetime of the development of it. Yeah. Okie dokie. I'm still trying to find one that's subscription based. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I just thought of one. I thought of one. Uh, it was on the front page, actually, of uh, Top Played or Top Selling. Eye Racing. Eye Racing? Is that what you said? Yeah, Eye Racing. I just remember that one. And you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, do you? Nope. I'm going to look at it right now. It is a simulator r- racing game that is subscription-based. Online only. Uh-huh. Online only, uh, subscription-based uh, racing sim. And part of the system requirements is that you must own a racing wheel. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, granted, it's a little cheaper than the WoW subscription, but it counts, right? Yeah. That's interesting. Must own a racing wheel. Kind of like that. Decent amount of cars in there. Well, it also has a bunch of market transactions on top of the subscription model. But there's a lot of uh, full-length races in this. Ooh. Nice. And there's a lot of different disciplines. Yeah, there's a bunch of different vehicle types. Cars, trucks, F1, NASCAR, dirt track. Open wheel, uh, whatever that is. Yeah. Not the F1, but uh looks like a, a, a old style, uh, almost uh, open wheel car. Yeah. Interesting. Did I just lose you for a, a few weeks as you dive into this? No. I'd like to, but I'm not going to pay for a subscription. At least not right now. Maybe at some point in the future. Um, And you could actually watch the racing online. <laughs> which is interesting. I just went to their website. There's someone here actually commentating one of their races. <laughs> Hey, good for them. Hope they go places. Well, uh, since this is a NASCAR uh, race, I'm assuming it's going to involve a lot of left turns. You're probably right in that fact. So, let's uh, move on over to our news topics for the night. Um, what, you mean we've uh, wasted enough time? Oh yeah, we've, we've wasted more than enough. I'm going to let you talk for a few minutes while my voice rests. You can uh, lead us into this one. Oh, well, EA has decided which uh, mountain of waffles to die upon on the battle of loot boxes. As they both... uh, Well, uh, there's a couple of different articles on this that uh, kind of coalesce into one massive mess here. Uh, They were 
last week stating essentially that they were going to ignore Belgium gambling law uh, and keep loot boxes as is in their FIFA games and essentially their sports titles uh, going forward. And part of the Belgium gambling law is that you have to restrict the sale to minors. I think you had to also post the odds. You know, pretty much the bog standard gambling uh, uh, laws that we've been talking about for loot boxes in general. Well, they've decided to take Belgium uh, to court and now the Belgium government is filing a criminal case against EA. <laughs> oh, this is just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, I just don't understand why. They're going to lose. This is not, they're, they're not doing this in America. I mean, honestly, in America, this would never come to a lawsuit because in America, companies can just fuck people openly and get away with it. But. No, I've actually thought about this, about the why of this. Okay. And I have, I think, I think I've had the answer to this. It's the end of Starship Troopers. They're afraid. They're afraid that if they have to restrict the sales in Belgium and yeah, well, let's just say the EU in general. It's not the loss in revenue, even though that would be catastrophic. And there would be no way that a AAA game would be profitable at all with uh, out its microtransactions, right? And I am just dripping with sarcasm at this point, aren't I? It's that <laughs> it would highlight just how much they need the microtransactions because of how they balance the game around them. Just look at what they uh, what happened with Shadow of Mordor when, or, or, or it was Shadow of Mordor, right? Or was uh, uh, honestly the Mordor games kind of run together, uh, but the latest Mordor game where they removed the microtransactions and then they had to completely rebalance the back end of the game because it was balanced around having an obscene amount of orcs because you were getting all the loot boxes and everything. They're afraid that if they have to cut out the loot boxes in a particular area. It's going to highlight just how fucking grindy they made these games. And people are going to be able to say, look how long it takes to get this far in Belgium compared to someone that could just spend five bucks. I really think that's the reason why they're doing this. It's not uh, just for the profit. It's because their entire balancing scheme is revolving around these microtransactions and they're afraid that the person behind the curtain is about to be revealed. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Either that or they're just fucking stupid. But I really don't think EA is that stupid. I really don't. No. They're conniving, they're evil, but they're not stupid. Nope. They'll uh, uh, sell their mothers if they think there's there's a microtransaction uh, sale in it. But not stupid. So I really think that's it. Uh, that's the only. Th- that's the only thing that really makes sense to me, is that just the disparity, you know. Even whenever other companies have had to remove the sale of loot boxes, they've always had a roundabout reason or a roundabout way to get to it, like Blizzard did in China, where instead of selling the loot boxes directly, you were buying the currency and you just happened to get loot boxes as a bonus. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw in one of the articles that someone 
from the Belgian Gaming Commission was like, if they somehow, I'm paraphrasing, but if they somehow win this, we're just going to change the law so that it's gambling again. Yeah, I mean, Belgium is not giving up on this. <laughs> no. And I just don't see how EA wins this court case. I don't... Well, I mean, you know, I get the fact that, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're they're making their stand. As wrong as they are, as in the wrong as they are, I see the point in them trying to make their stand. But, you know, I just don't see them winning this case. Yeah, and I need to add a few more links to this because you only grab one set of articles because there's like three or four. And that's not even counting t- uh, 2K uh, wanting their fans to petition the government to support their loot box schemes. Which, to be fair, yes, it is their prerogative that they can try to rouse their fans uh, to support uh, you know, these schemes. It, you know, it's their freedom. I can think it's fucking stupid, but it's their right to you know, say... Hey, if you think uh, loot boxes are okay, petition your government. Just like we could say that, you know, people should uh, petition if they don't like them. I understand that. Still think it's yeah. stupid, but it's yep. the same country. It's desperate. It's desperate. It's yeah, desperate. And I'm sure there are a few people over there that that think along those lines. But I mean, countries in Europe, by and large, you know, there's a few exceptions, but by and large, are much more consumer friendly, much more um, liberal minded. Like this is not gonna fly over there. This just feels like a move of utter desperation from 2K and EA's going, "Fuck it, here we are. Let's do this." You know. Well, I remember they, uh, they've put up their dukes. I remember when uh, uh, CSGO uh, uh, boxes were uh, banned from trading and being opened in uh, the Netherlands, I think it was. Uh, there was people all over the Steam subreddit uh, complaining about it. But that's also uh, has this weird uh, position where the, it, they can be cashed out into the general currency for uh, Steam to be able to buy other things and enter the economy, you know? So, you know, you, you have yeah. that kettlefish going on as well, which doesn't really factor into EA because all that is a very closed ecosystem. You know, you're not selling your ultimate team uh, for money to be able to go buy the next battlefield or something, at least as far as I know. I mean, I know that there's always the backwater, you know, black market sites that do all the trading and everything and all the uh, trading of uh, tokens in game and that sort of thing. But that's, you know, uh, not the general consistent, yeah, the, the general uh, experience that you have here. So I don't think that's uh, really factory in so much as it would for things like CSGO, where it's a more open market. Yeah. One thing I've really enjoyed uh, has to do with Spider-Man, which just released. Uh, and people are Spider-Man? loving this game. Yeah, the the Spider-Man. People are loving this game. I don't have a PS4. I haven't played it. Couldn't tell you if it was good or not based on my own personal experience. But something I keep hearing over and over again was that that this game is what games used to be designed like. Where that it's... There's no microtransactions. There's no grinding. There's no nothing. Just you play the game. And if you're... You know, don't get distracted by the million and one side missions... Um, you unlock things by playing the game and progressing the story and things come at a at a, a fairly rapid pace and it allows you to have cosmetic items that don't affect 
um, like your power set, uh, so that if you want to look like a certain Spider-Man, but have the abilities of a different Spider-Man, you can do that with no penalty. And people just keep saying over and over again, like, wow, this is so amazing. This is so great. Look at what we can do with game design. And then all of the older people that have been <laughs> in the business for a long time are like, Get yeah, off this my is fucking what games kid. used to be, kids. This is what we used to have all the time with everything. Instead, we have, uh, let's borrow a quote from uh, NBA 2K19 Dev. Uh, every game at some point in some way has currency and they're trying to get additional revenue from each player that plays the game. You know, the question has to be, when does it feel like it's a straight money grab versus when does it feel like it's value added again? Talking about how microtransactions are an unfortunate reality in modern gaming. I think we're looking at two completely different design philosophies. One looks at players as, well, players, and one is trying to turn players into payers, to borrow the phrase from Jim Sterling's videos. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, that was that marketing yeah. company that he got that from. Yeah, but, yeah, but, players into payers. yeah, but he's, uh, uh, yeah, used that several times, and, you know, it's right. Yeah. Uh, it's trying to make all the money in the world, you know? Uh, uh, the idea that money left on the table is a bad thing that giving players the sense of a value that they got their value is somehow wrong. Yeah. Which just baffles me, you know? Yeah. I do really like the point that, that Jim Sterling keeps making about like, they keep calling this player choice, but he keeps saying, and it's true. Like no company ever puts out a product that they don't want you to buy. And you were well, unless naive. you're unless you're the developer for the next Battlefield game, and you think uh, you know people that are criticizing the game should just not buy your game, and that's an actual quote, by the way. <laughs> I see. I'm trying to do that cheeky corporate thing that's popular right now. But anyway, like, an asshole. You know, yeah, but you know, no company makes a product that they don't want you to buy, and you're either naive or blind you know blinded by like your fanboyism or something if you think that these are actual player choices like why would a game be designed to encourage you to spend money to skip playing the game if the whole intent isn't to just you know psychologically manipulate you into spending money or if it's not just a grand fest because you know it's more fun to just skip to the end yeah uh, like one of the or the last uh, Dead Space game, where they introduced the microtransactions into a survival horror game. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, negates the entire aspect of survival horror. Granted, they also kind of did that when they introduced uh, you know, co-op, but uh, that co-op can be done in survival horror. So I could see that uh, working. Granted, it was a little ham-fisted, and it was more of a horror shooter, but uh, it's still, you know, it feels almost that the suits have a little too much power over the art form, and uh, they're trying to focus on business models alone and not what actually fits the game. Yeah. And you do have to have a certain amount of corporate direction money making 
and direction involved in this process. Yeah, like you're not going to have uh, you know a hundred million dollar uh, budgets in these games. Uh, granted, it's usually uh, involving the marketing uh, <laughs> budget as well uh, to yeah. make a AAA game. But at the same time, uh, yep, yeah, some of the marketing uh, is a little bit crazy. Uh, well, the Spider-Man marketing. Have you seen some of that where they have actual buses uh, being webbed? Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, it's a little it's ridiculous. It's pretty cool, but a little yeah, ridiculous. how much money did that cost? That probably cost more money than I'll make in my lifetime. That that marketing stunt. That makes me sad. <laughs> ah, well. C'est la vie. Um... Uh, it's, this is just so, so, so stupid uh, that this is uh, the, uh, the hill that I want to die on because outside of fear that, uh, their scheme is about to be revealed, I don't understand this and it's not even, you know, triple A games. I mean, hell we talk, uh, well, you talked about EA pu- uh, pushing out mobile games. They're essentially, you know, just cash grabs as well. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they're not making all the money already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They make, I mean, they're making tons of money. Um, And going back to Command and Conquer Rivals, it's got tons of good reviews. Lots of people, you know, saying that they like it and spending money on it. And, you know, I don't have a problem with people liking something that I don't like. You know, they may be looking for something else in the game. But, I mean, EA is very clearly just shitting out these games, these cash grabs. Um, and, I, you know, I totally agree with you. Like, essentially, they see that the cash cow is uh, in danger of being taken away from them. Well, the mobile game is... What, what, it, what a mobile game is today is what the movie tie-in game used to be. Yeah. Yeah, just... as. Uh, Usually a fairly cynical, very crapped out cash grab. Granted, there were good ones, but those were either just adjacent to a uh, uh, story and uh, maybe just in the universe, or were just yeah, uh, lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing for AAA uh, uh, bubble games these days. It's just. Uh, I'm just still looking at all the articles trying to find a good quote as to why outside of just yeah, sheer stupidity. Yeah. But yeah, there's no reasoning behind this outside of you know, fear. I agree with you. I wish I had more information on just what what's going on behind the scenes. Because I think it would be interesting to see their legal strategy on this. And I have a feeling that we're going to be face bombing in oh, six months when uh, this court case uh, comes up uh, yeah. at their arguments. Because uh, uh, some of the arguments that they made in Hawaii when they sent their lobbyists, that, well, the ESRB sent the, RB, uh, uh, sent the uh, lobbyists, and it was just hilariously bad. Yeah. Uh, or no, it wasn't the ESRB, it was the ESA. Uh, just trying to argue that, you know, loot boxes aren't gambling because uh, uh, they're not gambling, essentially. 
Yeah, the thing is not the thing because I say it's not the thing. Uh, loot boxes aren't gambling because there's no value. Well, then why are you selling them? Uh, they, they no, no, no. We wouldn't make money otherwise. Uh, so from one baffling thing to another, because I don't, Indeed. I think we, uh, uh, there's not a lot of info here outside of just you know EA being very stupid and Belgium cal- calling on uh, calling them on it, and I hope that you know this is the first of the failure dominoes for EA. I hope so too. But yes, one, on from one silly thing to another. Nintendo's explanation for limiting Switch's cloud saves is baffling. Yeah, so shall I read the quote here? Uh, this yeah, was uh, uh, when asked for a comment about why this is. Nintendo sent uh, a response back. This was on, I believe, Twitter. The vast majority of Nintendo Switch games will support save data cloud uh, backup. So cloud save. However, in certain games, this feature would make it possible, for example, to regain items that had been traded to other players or revert to a higher online multiplayer ranking that had been lost. To ensure fair play, save data cloud backup, oh boy, that's such a mouthful, well, may not be enabled for such games. To ensure that save data cloud backups cannot be used to unfairly affect online multiplayer rankings, the feature will not be implemented in Splatoon 2. Ugh. Idiots. Yeah. This is uh, Nintendo being classic Nintendo and not getting how things work. Not getting how, in this case, cloud saving works. How server side saving works. Yeah. Is there some way to exploit this? Sure. There's ways to exploit anything and everything. But it would be much easier to exploit it, your save on the client side. Yeah, but let's be perfectly honest. Nintendo online presence is usually at least one console generation back, if not two. So the fact that they actually have uh, uh, cloud saves at all is groundbreaking for them. Yeah, I suppose. But I remember when cloud saves came to 360 and PS3, and it was just like, hey, pick some games, and you can back your save data up to the cloud. It had issues with syncing sometimes um but i mean xbox always kept a secondary local copy so if there was a sync issue you could just revert to your local copy yeah i remember when steam introduced it there was a sync issue uh for a short period but they quickly say uh yeah uh they quickly saved that feature (laughs) hey uh but yeah it's just what (laughs) Uh, are they really saving all the multiplayer stats and all the multiplayer items to the local client? If so, uh, as it sounds, I think they may, uh, yeah, may as well just throw out all the uh, all the trading out of Splatoon 2 because, damn. Yeah, you could just edit your save file. I mean, hell, the uh, save module in the Nintendo Switch is easily swappable. It's its own little... Uh, 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 daughter board it could easily be swapped out and put into something else to read the data and back it up so uh, it's just what the hell Nintendo <laughs> yep Nintendo being Nintendo doing something silly dumb pointless yeah but this is, doesn't involve cardboard 
not at this time. But they did introduce new um, cardboard stuff a month or two ago. I already forgot what it was called. Uh, the vehicle set. Only reason why I remember is that I had a good laugh uh, because they had the uh, cardboard broom that has force feedback in it. And I remember, uh, you know, a, a problem uh, with that uh, toy in, oh, let's say, around 2000. <laughs> Labo. That's what it was called. I forgot the name of the thing. Oh, I thought you meant the, uh, that was... the set, not the, uh, you know, the actual overarching thing. The, the, the thing about Labo, the interesting thing is the thing that they never highlight is the creation tools that they have in it. Not the actual sets, but the uh, sets have a, a subset of creation tools where you can build your own thing and do your own projects. And it's never highlighted. I didn't even know about that until long after Labo launched. That it's also essentially a creation toy. Not just, you know, you know here's a few uh, cardboard accessories and that's it. And to me, that's a lot more uh, interesting. Yeah, I had seen some stuff about that with, like, the piano and things like that, but I didn't know you could completely, like, create and program. Yeah, from scratch. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people actually use that aspect of it. Uh, probably not many. But uh, there were a few. I mean, they had a designer, a designer fair uh, highlighting different projects. So, you know, there's obviously, you know, some sort of subset for it. Yeah. Is that a car horn? Yeah, the neighbor uh, has a alarm that seems to go off um, once every few days. I see. Yeah, uh, basically they have a very sensitive alarm and uh, kids uh, play out in the parking lot of the apartment complex across the street till very late. It's one of those that, you know, you go near it and and it's startled and starts honking. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready to uh, move on to our next set of news topics? I think so. Alrighty. Steam gets steamy with some adult-related content news. Or dudes. Nude news. News nudes. Oh, so, uh, a while back, I don't think we actually covered it on the show, there was uh, several more adult visual novels that was having their releases postponed as Valve was retooling their back end so that those that don't want to see the anime boobies for some reason could filter them out. Well, Valve has finally enabled all the filters uh, allowing to filter out all the graphic content, all the violent content. And in doing so, they've opened up the floodgates to allow adult content. And the first fully uncensored adult game is coming out later this week on Steam. There has been uh, adult content on Steam before, but this is one of the, fir- or the first visual novel that's obviously hentai. And not hentai as in what, you know, the asset flippers seem to think hentai is, but actual hentai? You know, yeah. All the anime boobies and all the anime dicks? 
Woo! And, well, actually, probably not many anime dicks because this is a lesbian game. Now that I think about it. <laughs> I just went uh, to the article and thought, oh, yeah, right. It's that one. But th this is an interesting uh, place for Valve where they are following through on their open door policy. And this is the good aspect of the open door policy where the, you know, they allow games that otherwise would have been censored and had to go through a very complicated and frustrating uh, patching sequence to be able to put in all the story, all the content. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink. Nudge. So I don't I really have a problem with this at all. And I know you probably don't. <laughs> nope, no problems with this here. It's on the flip side of it where, you know, all the asset flippers, all the... Uh, the big one now is uh, uh, crypto miners, actually. Uh, just asset flip games that have crypto miners built into them. Yeah. Uh, being released on Steam. That's where I have a problem. In the troll games, you know, the what they call fake games or a game-shaped program. Yeah. I have... Yeah. Yeah. I have problems with those things. I want Steam to deal with those things. Or Valve. Just let my uh, my anime booby games be. And they're doing that. They're letting the anime booby games be. Yeah, which I think I've seen about this game. I think this is one of the ones that was being delayed for ages. It was just uh, saying they're waiting for them to update their back end. I'm pretty sure this is the uh, one of those... I'm just looking at it on the Visual Novel database. And this is definitely not their first uh, run. They have quite the few games. But uh, any thoughts on this outside of yo yay? I don't think so. I mean, I you know, I haven't quite understood the problem Valve has had with this for a while. Uh, it's so basically to trying it. to, uh, I think, opening up. I think it's uh, them just trying to keep all the controversy off. You know, oh no, the, think of the children, think of the children. Because video games, at least in the West, still have a very toy-like, uh, child-like uh, view of them by certain groups. Yeah. So I think that's part of what's going on. And also Valve was just being hesitant about it. And maybe there just wasn't enough money in it because, you know, it was, it's still a very niche product, but they realize their open door policy, you know, invites this as well. And I think this may be more a con a, a place where it was unforeseen uh, circumstances and they were not prepared for them. Yeah. Wait for you get reference. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I am glad to see them handling it this way instead of clamping down and being like, no, stay away. I mean, they would be within their right as the platform holder yeah. to do so, but just things like that, you know, are just complete and total overreactions and unnecessary in in today's world and market. Yeah, I, I hope now that they've done this, that they could uh, start working on trying to filter out all the game-shaped objects <laughs> that they've been yeah. talking about. All the crypto miners, all the obvious troll games, all the stolen games, all the asset flip games. I'm talking about the ones that aren't, you know, just, uh, you know, someone bought some art assets and decided to make a game out of it. 
No, I'm talking about wholesale bought a full-fledged game from, or even just, not even bought, but either stole or just using the free example game, flip it, put it on the Steam Marketplace, and sell it. Because there's more than a few of those. And if you start looking at some of these games, uh, some of them start to look very similar. (laughs) Yeah. So now that this is taken care of, maybe this is where uh, Valve could uh, start spending time to try to filter out or maybe have some sort of tagging system. Even though I really hesitate to uh, open up the tagging system. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Valve do something to filter out games that or in, increase the, the user's ability to find something beyond their algorithms and and things. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, that would require effort. Yeah, it would. It would. And Valve is more lazy than I am when it comes to putting, you know, I'm, effort. I mean, they're not even to, able to count to three. They they are, are deficient in the... Uh, arithmetic department even though i do have to admit that the you know uh the trailer for the uh gaben uh, sound uh, uh pack where he's talking about more than two but less than four well what's kind of funny even though i do understand why people were a little salty about it <laughs> so speaking of salty uh indeed speaking of salty we'll get through this one and then I uh, need a quick break, but Sony is blocking Fortnite crossplay because PS4 is quote the best place to play. <laughs> oh, PS4 is the worst place to play. Fortnite on PS4 is fundamentally a lesser product than on any other platform. Let's not even get into the fact. Uh, that are we counting PC... mobile on that? Yeah, because mobile has crossplay. It's the same game as on the PS4, except also with crossplay with other platforms. PS4 has no crossplay with any other platform. So it's a lesser experience by definition. Let's not talk about the other bonuses that other platforms have on top of that. PC, best gameplay experience, period. And the master Mouse, higher frame rate, better graphics. <coughs> Wii U and mobile devices... Uh, the unique experience to play on the go and sort of any comfort setting that you want or, you know, in public if you have access to Wi-Fi or a cellular data connection, like some unique bonuses to those two platforms. (laughs) And then the Xbox version, literally the same as the PS4 version, except also with crossplay, which means that it's a better, more complete game. So, objectively, the PS4 version of the game is the worst version. And that's, that's all I have to say about that. They're wrong. They're liars. Fucking liars. And Sony's... Now I just have to link you something. And I may have to put this in the show notes. Okay. Enjoy. I sent it through Discord. Oh, this is... <laughs> uh, I've seen this. Well, not this gif, but... Uh, kill a kill... <laughs> PC Master Race. <laughs> I love Kill the Kill. <laughs> uh, hugely over the top, but fun. It's yes. it just, I think either this is uh, you know the best the PR department can come up with, which 
is sad. Or Sony may be drinking their own Kool-Aid just a tad bit too much. And I'm not sure which it is. Maybe a little bit of both. This was just ridiculous. So, you know, had to throw it in. And I would uh, say fundamentally uh, the PS4 is the worst place to play. Not for the reasons you said, but the fact that if you play on the PlayStation 4, it fucking locks your account to it. Yeah, there's also that. Unless they fixed that recently, which I think that would have been, you know, newsworthy. So let's just assume that they haven't. Yeah, if you played on the PlayStation 4, um, and you want to play on another platform at all, new account, Tom, because you are not allowed to go away from the PlayStation 4 at all, because it is the best place to play, and you must play there. Otherwise, you're playing a lesser place, and they can't allow you to do that, so they're going to bar you from playing. So you can discover that, yeah, it's the best place to play, because it is the only place you can play. Yep, and the only other people you can play with. Oh, but yeah, just silliness. Now, the question is, who is sillier this week? Sony for this or Nintendo? Mm, technically both, because the Sony thing was from last week and Nintendo's yeah, from but this we didn't week. Yeah, but between... uh, we didn't cover news last week, so... Yeah, but between the two of them, I would say Sony. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's I very it's very tough to tell. I mean, we know the true winner is EA in this, but you know, it's yeah, we're picking second place now. Let's uh, let's get in there and wrap this stuff up. Well, I did need to let my tea brew and uh, drink a little bit of it because I had a little bit of a sore throat uh, working there. But hey, my cough is getting better. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's a lot more deep now. Um, it resonates a lot more. More bassy. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. So, let's move it on over to the community corner then, where we have, well, a tweet. Yeah, we had a tweet Q from the Cube Involving an article. Yeah, uh, he sent us a the Forbes article, which I was going to put on the docket anyway, but, or I was planning on putting on the docket, but it was also really silly. But then Cube uh, sent it to us, so, you know, that uh, took uh, that decision-making right out the window. I, uh, he says, love the part where DLC is banned, but not free DLC. This is the Forbes article talking about the Battlefield chat filter. And it's, well, stupid. <laughs> uh, not uh, the fact that they had a chat filter, but uh, the words that they were banning. Like, uh, if you type the phrase white man, it gets censored, but Asian man, black man, nope, not censored. Uh, that's racist. Actually, it can't be whiteness racist because it's against white people. And there's actually people that think that. I know. Or that how about a world war? A lot of things have made me sad tonight. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Should I go? You haven't made me sad. Yet. Uh, but I could always bring up politics. No, that's that makes me sad too. We talked about that earlier. It'll be in the the bonus <laughs> or the Franken potential Franken content. 
Uh, but how about uh, Nazis and Jews being uh, censored in a World War II, well, World War II inspired game? Because this is a World War II game at this point. They have way too many wacky cosmetics for this to be World War II. And also yeah. crippled women on the front lines because, yo, that would be historically accurate, right? Nope. Oh, it wouldn't? Nope. Um, I'm trying to think of any, like, areas where women would have served. Motor pool? Um, with the, the French resistance, there were plenty of well, women. No, 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 I'm uh, actually serious about the motor pool. Because there's rather famous examples, like, uh, how about the Queen of fucking England being a mechanic? <laughs> That's amazing. The Queen's the best. Yeah, and she's just going on out of pure spite to keep Charles from being king at this point, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why she's still alive at this point. It has to be. Uh, uh, she'll probably outlive us, somehow. <laughs> I don't know how, but she'll outlive us. Well, Doctor Who uh, explained it. They're actually werewolves. <laughs> oh... That all right there makes me almost <laughs> want to go watch some Doctor oh, Who. Oh, this is the older, uh, 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 the older New Who with, uh, I believe it was a Tendon episode. So, uh, the 10th Doctor. So, you know, the better Doctor Who. Right. David Tennant's the best. Love that man. Mm-hmm. I've heard that he has a rather large penis. Uh, I haven't because, gone check. you know, of course I would know that. Uh, of course you would. Yeah. I've heard he's got a, a a rather large penis, like huge. So he has quite the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he does. Uh, but let's see other censored words getting uh back on topic, and away from his sonic screwdriver. DLC is censored, but free DLC is not a censored phrase. Uh, Titanfall is uh, a censored phrase. <laughs> Lag and laggy yeah, are censored. Funny. Uh, but you can still say damn. <laughs> well, hot damn. Hot diggity damn. Hot damn, we're going to kill some white men and some uh, Nazis. <laughs> oh. But as long as they're not Illinois Nazis, because, you know, the Blues Brothers have dibs. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, ridiculous. And there's a, a few ex- uh, uh, uh explanations i can think of for this one uh whoever was programming the chat filter went full sjw yeah and to be fair uh, with big publishers these days that's not out the realm of possibility these days two they just bought a you know pre-made uh censored uh, uh chat sensor and or yeah put it in and didn't even bother testing it. Also a strong possibility in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's the one. They uh they just put it in, something was broken. I don't uh, do attribute malice it. where incompetence uh, uh, uh can be attributed. Yeah. Or they're just fucking incompetent. That that's yeah. that's my three options for this. I kinda lean towards the second one. Yeah. But incompetence. But the response, uh, I think it's actually in this article as well, uh, leads me almost to the first one. 
And I quote, Hello, Battlefield 5 Open Beta players. We're really excited to have you join uh, Battlefield 5 Open Beta, and we hope you're enjoying the beta and all the features one of... Uh, and all the new features. One of the features we're working on is a profanity filter in game to reduce toxicity. That being said, we've heard some complaints about the filter that the filter is blocking words that aren't profanity or shouldn't be blocked, like DLC, etc. And it isn't blocking some words that should uh, be. Obviously, I'm not going to be providing an example of these. <laughs> Please note that this is a work in progress, and we will be taking this feedback to tweak the sensitivity of the filter and improve its usage without censoring relevant conversation. Healthy discussion is what drives improvement in our games, and we want it to, uh, and we wouldn't want to impede that. Thanks for bringing your concerns to us uh, in, regarding the current iteration of the profanity filter, and don't forget to buy all the loot boxes that we all. Oh wait, uh, editorializing again. Uh, they uh, said, we're going to keep working at it. So that kind of leads me a little bit to the first point, really. You know, that it's just some rogue developer that uh, started plugging in a bunch of extra filter options that honestly should never be near a keyboard. You know? Yeah. You know, I like how they're talking about this profanity filter or whatever system. Like, it's some sort of, like... Magic bullet that's know. going to make the game not toxic because it, you know, it all happens in text chat and not voice. Well, that... But also, like, it's some kind of, like... Cutting-edge technology? Know, AI or cutting-edge technology. It's like, it's just a profanity filter, guys. Just pick out what words you don't want and and make those so that they either don't show up or they show up as, like, asterisks or, you know, that sort of profanity thing they do that's like a mix of you know symbols and numbers and letters and things like just do that probably my favorite profanity filter uh, getting a little off topic uh back in my runescape days all right uh do you uh, have you ever heard of the runescape profanity filter no i never played runescape okay well to be fair runescape it's one of those games that uh, at the time was kind of cutting edge, but now it's eh, it's a grinding simulator. Gotcha. Uh, when they first uh, put in the profanity filter, the first iteration of it, they overstepped uh, what they should put into it, where it was censoring pretty much anything that had mm, letters in it. And it would replace the filtered word with the word cabbage. (laughs) So literally the entire chat was just people saying cabbage to one another. Like, you know, uh, you had a bunch of cabbage Pokemon and they were talking to one another. (laughs) That's funny. But they made it so bad that literally any text input was translated to cabbage. Oh, cabbage, 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 cabbage. Pretty much, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, And that's why I kind of want to attribute just uh, uh, poor programming skills or just buying something off the shelf uh, to this instead of actual malice. But at the same time, you know, there's just 
what really strikes me is white man. That that's the one that yeah uh, makes me think yeah, maybe there's some rogue development here. You know. Yeah. I mean, Nazi Jew. Okay, I could see that being in a default word list for a chat filter, especially with the current political environment. But yeah, white man, really? Well, especially given the current political environment. Yeah, but uh, white man. Yeah, yeah, but then they would uh, center man and not just white man. (laughs) (laughs) Bleep, man! What did he just say? Uh, but, uh, you know, DLC and lag, you know, those make me think, you know, some sort of rogue developer or a, a suit that got a little overzealous as well. You know, lag is yeah. just a, another weird one. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm... But, I mean, maybe they think that, or maybe they have market re- research that so shows that lag, people buy products that promise no lag. Yeah, the people can't complain about lag if they can't complain about lag, right? Yeah. So... You know, if no one's complaining about it, maybe people think that it doesn't exist, and so they'll buy it. Well, to be fair, you know, with it running at 30 FPS, uh, you know, I think lag is the least of their problems. Yeah, but it can't even run at 30 most of the time, I bet. Uh, actually, I haven't... Master Race! I haven't even seen any reports on how the uh, performance is on consoles. Uh, but then again, yeah, I don't really care about Battlefield. Yeah, same. It's just... Or consoles, really. It's just kind of... Uh, well, uh, well, it is a PC game as well, but... Uh, watching some of the people talk about how bland the gameplay was uh, from the open yeah. beta. It just made me think, well, obviously I didn't mention much, uh, uh, not uh, giving a damn. I'm going to go uh, uh, grind on Warframe for a little bit. Or, you know, maybe uh, get through uh, Fallout New Vegas. You know, get through all three story DLC. Oh, sorry, four. <laughs> I've got a... I realize you can't see me. I've just got this look on my face like, yep. I'll be hearing this one for a little while. That's okay. That's okay. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Well, look at it this way. If um, I didn't pick on you, you would uh, worry about me. You stopped loving you. Right? That's fair. I get that. That's how I express much of my love is by picking on other people. Yeah, I just wish you would love me less then. <laughs> oh, never. I'll never love you less. Only more. And if you were to send us love, you can do so vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet it to us vglpodcast on the Twitter. So do we want to do a quick discovery queue? We have a little bit of time. Yeah, I'd do one quick discovery cue. So let me grab that while you grab the music. Indeed. And let's see if we actually get something good. <laughs> because I gotta admit, my first game on here doesn't look all that good. Oh, look, it's another open world survival game. Ugh. This. Okay. Is this release early access? Oh, not out yet. Okay, uh, let me give you a link. Huh. This game is called Cryofall. Um, makes me think of like Don't Starve, uh, but sci-fi themed. Basically, that's that's the vibe I get from this. 
Actually, and that looks a I've lot said, more almost RimWorld esque uh, from the art style. Uh, uh, okay. my, plus arms and legs, of course, but that uh, really uh, hits RimWorld for me. Just the way it's uh, drawn and everything. Oh, you know what? You're right. Together with doesn't. Oh, wait, is this an MMO? It is. It's an MMO. Okay. Never mind. Huh. Oh, it's it. But yeah. Well, I got a mecha game on my second one, and I'm trying to get the name, uh, or at least the English name, because it has a. I'm not sure if that's a Chinese or Japanese. It has kanji, so. But it, I do have to say that yours does look interesting. Mine is Zone of the Enders, the second runner, uh, colon, M. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say it's Mars because the A is upside down. Uh, so M A R S. Yeah. I wonder if that's on purpose as a stylized thing, or if this was done by a non-native English speaker but, and they just but, fucked up. Well, it also has the uh, uh, foreign uh, name onto it as well. But the uh, icon for the game also has the upside down A, so I'm going to say it's stylized. Which makes me think it's not Mars, but uh, yeah, M-A-R-S, you know, like uh, initialism. But it looks yeah. like a very fast-paced mecha game. Uh, doesn't look too bad, at least on the offset. It's 30 bucks right now. Uh, it looks like it's a port of a PlayStation 2 game. Or, uh, or a follow-up for a PlayStation 2 game, so... So, fairly... Older uh, uh, revitalization looks like it has animated cutscenes based on some of the screenshots. Not top end uh, animation, but uh, yeah, decent enough. Yeah, well, it looks interesting at least. Is this a zombie hor- way? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Overkills The Walking Dead. Four-player, first-person shooter in the Walking Dead universe. Looks like uh, maybe it's a story mode, wave-based combat. Not uh, anything like super significant, but it, it looks okay. It's tied into a universe that I already enjoy. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of open-world survival games for some reason. It's almost like I played a, a game that had heavy uh, tagging on survival. You didn't do such a thing, did you now? Okay, Saw Digital Edition. This is a digital edition of a board game. Uh, I'm uh, assuming it's going to be called Saw. Uh, looks almost Sellers of Catan-esque mixed with the uh, uh, Strategio uh, uh, slash Risk, depending on yeah, where you are, with some sort of card system built into it as well. It looks interesting. It has some very mixed reviews, though. Uh, with people saying, just get the boy board game. But honestly, depending on you know, the board game, it could be fucking expensive to get. Yeah. So, I've got an interesting looking Battle Royale. Like, actually interesting. Uh, Last Tide. An underwater scuba... Battle Royale, where you have oh, to avoid sharks and other ocean wildlife while you kill 99 other players. I just wanted to see how much... Uh, yeah, uh, Scythe, uh, the board game is uh, $63 on Amazon. 
I'm not sure if that's expensive yeah. for a board game or not, but uh, it's more than I'd want to pay. Oh, I got one. I got one. Uh, my okay. my very next Donut Country. Or Donut County, sorry. Oh, yeah, I've seen this game before. I'm very interested in yeah, it. I've seen... Uh, I saw it uh, from PAX or uh, E3. It, it's a physics puzzler where you're a hole. And you're essentially a reverse... Uh, oh, now I'm blanking on the game where you uh, rolled around uh, and picked up everything. Uh, a PlayStation 2 you- game. Uh, is it Katamari? Katamari, yeah. Yeah. Sort of inverse Katamari, where instead of rolling up everything, you're just sucking into a hole. And I've seen a little yeah. bit of gameplay on it, where it uh, they also throw in some puzzle elements, where uh, if you suck up uh, certain things, you gain uh, certain uh, uh, abilities, such as uh, grabbing a frog in one level allows you to essentially throw up the frog, and it'll hit a button or you know, uh, stick out its tongue to grab something. So there, yeah. Uh, so it's more than just uh, you know, suck up everything, and it has an interesting art style. It's not quite low poly, but at the same time, it's a very simplistic art style, and it's very goofy, very interesting looking. Oh, and I just got last tied on my next roll. <laughs> nice. Um, All right, I'm done with my queue. Uh, I had three total. Well. I got three left, and my third to last uh, is also very, very interesting. Shadows Awakening. Uh, no, I don't want to leave Steam. This is an ARPG. Uh, sorry. Uh, a unique, isometric, single-player RPG with real-time tactical combat. So ARPG. But it looks like it's set in. Uh, an Asian, uh, I want to say probably uh, Chinese or Japanese once again. Uh, it's a little hard to tell without really hunting it down on here. Uh, uh, world. It has a lot of Asian themes to it, which is a little bit uh, unique uh, at this point still. yeah. So having that uh, Asian flavor is uh, interesting. It, and depending on how they go with it, if it's you know just a coat of paint on an ARPG, it's not going to be as interesting. Uh, but if they could dive into some of the mythology and some of the lore of uh, those cultures, there's a lot of uh, potential there to really do something unique. And this is a more expensive uh, ARPG. It's forty bucks. It's been out for about two weeks. I'm just looking at the reviews for this. Looks like fairly positive reviews across the board. Doesn't have a quick save function though, which is a little bad. It looks like it needs some optimization. It has some performance issues, but uh, it's interesting. That's definitely one to keep an eye on. And it's suggesting it to me because I played uh, uh, Torchlight Two. Huh. Another interesting game. Uh, right after Shadows Awakening. I guess I got the good uh, cue this week. Multicellular. Uh, I mean, I still did okay with three. This is a vehicular building game, uh, but it's on the cell-based level, where uh, you build up your vehicle uh, almost uh, like the, uh, uh, the cell stage on Spore, only instead of uh, just plopping things onto a single cell, you have 
individual cells that uh, function as portions of a vehicle. And looks like there's sports, there's some combat going on. They have some sort of Rocket League-esque uh, uh, soccer going on. Interesting. Fairly cheap, and it's into early access. It's been out for, once again, about two weeks. Yeah, uh, first uh, uh, top review. If the cellular level in Spore was your favorite uh, like Bond, then you'll like this game. I'm uh, still getting the hang of the cellular design and the motion controls because there's so much to work with. So yeah, interesting. And the end of my... And the end of my queue? Also! Something to add to my list. Oh, I got the good one. Seven what billion humans. This is the follow-up to... Uh, uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the game, but it's from the same company, so I could just go look at it. Uh, the Human Resource Machine. This is a programming puzzle game where it's essentially the follow-up where uh, in the uh, Human Resource Machine, you uh, were this one guy and you were performing these very menial tasks. Uh, and it was run like your traditional programming machine. And it, it had a pretty good... A difficulty curve overall. And 7 billion humans looks like it's essentially the follow-up to that, only it's focused on more multiple parts where individual people are uh, parts of the machine instead of just one person doing everything. And it has, uh, it's from the Tomorrow Corporation, which it has World of Goo, uh, Little Inferno, so that should give you an idea of the sense of humor here. It's, uh, very funny, yet could get very dark and very goofy at the same time. Yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, if it's anything like the Human Resource Machine, it's definitely worth a ch uh, check out, and it's 15 bucks right now on release. It's been out for a couple weeks, uh, or for actually close to a month now. Positive reviews pretty much across the board, with only minor quibbles. So yeah, that's definitely one to check out if you're into puzzle pl uh, uh, programming games. And that is the end of my queue. Boy, uh, the back end of my queue was stacked, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still had a decent queue, but you had a really good one this week. Yeah, once I got uh, past uh, the, a couple of stinkers and a couple of uh, survival games, I hit uh, Donut Country, Shadows Awakening... Uh, multicellular and 7 billion humans pretty much back to back Steam is learning yeah. the, the shit I like at least for this time yeah for this time for now it'll go back to being just wild guesses uh, next week or uh, should Indeed. I say the week after because it's time for the uh, part of the podcast where you go first and you have some stuff to talk about indeed so uh, next week uh, is Kyle and Mel's Kyle and Mel's Mel's be Mel's Mel's wedding uh, on oh, my, my pop filter fell over <laughs> on uh, September the 21st so next week I'm going to be driving all the way to the faraway land of Michigan um, on Thursday oh, be sure to drop me off some in, cheese when you're on your way back okay and uh, starting in the wee hours of Thursday morning. And I'm, if everything went, you know, perfectly for the week as I'd like it to, uh, I could get the podcast edited on Wednesday before I left, but I can't guarantee that's going to happen. 
So we're not going to do a live episode next week. We're going to be running a Franken episode uh, with a lot of the more recent bonus content we've pulled using Craig, the Discord bot recorder. Uh, uh, Um, No, our new Discord bitch. (laughs) Craig is a very esteemed uh, digital stenographer. I, for one, welcome our new uh, robot overlords. Mostly because uh, I was uh, pissed off with uh, Skype forcing an update uh, into a version I absolutely loathed. Yeah. But hey, it worked out for the best. It did indeed. But uh, anyways, you know, given the fact that, you know, sometimes my schedule can be really crazy. Sometimes it could be like, you know, totally unpredictable. But it's pretty stacked because I'm going to be gone for two days next next week. Um, we're not going to do live recording. We're going to do Frank an episode. And then we're going to spend a couple of nights recording... Spin tires, unless something happens between now and, and then it changes that. So or you catch be, the plague at uh, Kyle's uh, wedding. Yeah. So it will be two weeks before your next uh, VGL Which podcast Which will be episode. the Game Club episode. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, better uh, get playing the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I might take that with me and play it on my laptop while I'm there. Give me something good to do, like uh, Friday night. Because obviously, Colomel's after their wedding. Like, we're not going to do anything. And there's bachelor parties. No, no, I think they're going to be doing something. Well, yeah, but not with the rest of us. Well, you never know. You could be invited. Kyle could think you're cute. Fair. You never know. I'd be down. (laughs) Kyle wants to have a a wedding night orgy. And Mel's agrees to it. I'm in. (laughs) I think I know why Um, I wasn't invited now. Anyways, though, with that, yeah, I don't know. I still haven't seen you. I think you're cute. I believe you have to be. But, anyways, if you want to see the content that I do produce and put up on YouTube, you can do so over or by searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. I have the Spin Tires series, which I've have been late on the last couple, but hey, what the fuck else is new? I'm always late with stuff, so... Uh, well, you really worry worried me, me whenever you started releasing episodes and I had to go double-check. Uh, am I releasing the wrong episodes here? <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. It's me. It's almost always me when it comes to, uh... comes to release schedules. Um, but anyway, so there's that. There's obviously the podcast going up. Um... I've got another project I'm working on that's not YouTube related, but it just feels appropriate to throw it out there at the beginning. It has to involve some of the crazy stories I tell about what goes on at my clinic. And there's a lot of stuff I don't tell. And I'll just leave it at that for now. Uh, are we getting another podcast? Uh, I don't think so. A book. It takes a book. too much time and effort to produce, but a book perhaps. That's uh, a long-term goal of mine, actually, is to write a book. I've been taking notes, lots of notes about all of this stuff. All things that are legal to be kept, in case anyone is curious. I'm not breaking any HIPAA laws or anything. Even if someone walked into my office and discovered the pile of notes right now, I'm not violating HIPAA. Yeah, because of how it's aliases. Indeed. Indeed. But other places you can find me, if you want to, is over on Twitter, where you can follow me at JMA. 4707 where I tweet about all kinds of things made a couple of tweets today about working on my laptop and 
I just make uh, random tweets for whatever makes me happy. And then if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so over or or by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests, assuming that they come from the lovely community members of the VGL podcast. And then you can chat with me whenever you'd like, because I'm not always on Discord and things like that. And if you wish to mem- from- uh, to prove that you are a member of the lovely community, the password for this episode is waffles. Mm, waffles. Waffles. Well, that's a good one. Well, we had some Belgium uh, uh, articles, so yeah, waffles. Uh, so for me, I'm uh, having a busy recording week this week, trying to catch up and trying to jumpstart some content because I was running lean on a RimWorld before I got sick. Uh, just trying to get through uh, Fallout New Vegas because I was uh, uh, I started later than I wanted to. And then I had the issues with one of the DLCs and I just had to put it down. It was either put it down or I'll just delete it and uh, read the damn wiki. I was uh, that frustrated with it. Uh, so right. that's what put me behind on everything else with the uh, Fallout. And then uh, because I had to spend so much time with Fallout, I uh, didn't catch or didn't have enough backlog that I liked for RimWorld. So I ended up, when I got sick, I didn't have the backlog to cover it. So. I've missed now three episodes because I tried to record yesterday and I had a recording glitch and I probably could have saved it, but it was just, I, I wasn't right in the right headspace for recording RimWorld. RimWorld's a very demanding game, even though I, it's at the point where I know pretty much what to expect for most of the uh, game. It still requires a, a lot of micromanagement and I, uh, just wasn't in the right space for it, so uh, right. Uh, it was uh, it was salvageable, but it wasn't worth salvaging. So, I'm going to try to catch up on RimWorld. I have a uh, potential uh, replacement for uh, what I tried to do uh, ages ago uh, with Tacoma. Uh, the same thing there. Uh, that was the replacement for Rage. That. Uh, had the, all the mods and everything just fall apart on me. So still trying to get that done. Planning on streaming. Well, now that you're listening to me, it's in the past, but going to try to do more on that front as well. Uh, planning on at least once a week, probably, uh, my initial test stream or test time with a game, uh, for the Sunday sampler. That seems like a good idea for it. I have essentially the test stream. Uh, so, uh, but I'm going to do one, uh, Wednesday, which like I said, is in the past now for a mega aquarium, uh, as soon as my uh, streaming embargo goes off on it. And that's going to be the planned Sunday sampler for this week. And the only reason why I didn't talk about it this week is that it has a very, 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 very long tutorial sequence. And I'm still in the tutorial sequence. So yeah, I have things to say about the game, but I don't have enough things to say about the game just yet. So I'll be streaming that tomorrow. And since we're not going to be recording Tuesday, I may do a stream then, and I have no idea what I'm going to stream. So that'll be fun. Maybe. And I hope I have all the technical glitches in my streaming software ironed out for runs two and three on that. Yeah, hopefully so. There's nothing worse than having choppiness in your stream. And 
not being anything you can do about right then and there. Yeah, well, I think it's just I had the bitrate turned up too much, so I dropped it down from 1080 to 720p, and I dropped the bitrate to the lower spectrum of uh, what Twitch suggests to see if that fixes it. But also, Oxygen Not Included does a lot of stuff in the background. It's a lot more of a demanding game than you may expect. So I think it may have been just you know, a combination of the two. So uh, streaming over at caffeine underscore rage on the Twitch, trying to get YouTube caffeine uh, or gaming with caffeine rage uh, up and uh, at full power again. Still got RimWorld over there, uh, or going to have RimWorld back. That's in my recording cycle, and hopefully going to be back Friday, uh, the day the podcast released. If not, it'll be next week. Have RimWorld going on there. A Sunday samplers plan to uh, start up. And I'll see if I can fit in some tweets in uh, between all that <laughs> over at Gaming with CR on the Twitter. Have I covered everything? It feels like I've rambled a I lot more. I do believe that so. Time. I do believe so. You're very thorough. Well, isn't that why you love me? One of the many reasons, yes. Oh, let's. Uh, I mean, it's just for the voice. If I talked like you, you would never uh, talk to me. Boy, that's, uh, that felt uh, a lot meaner than I meant it to be. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't take it as mean. Uh, But if you wish to tell me just how mean I was, you could also reach us, Podcast at gmail.com, or you could still catch us Ding. over at Podcast on the Twitter with your voicemails, gaming-related topics, your articles, or your questions. We haven't done questions in a while. Yeah, maybe for next time we can plan to do some questions. Uh, or maybe squeeze in a little bonus, a little extra bonus time another night to do a couple of questions. Yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. it sounds like your voice is kind of uh, going out, doesn't it? Yeah, my well, yeah, my throat's well, also, uh, you're, scratchy and I'm sleepy. Well, also, you know, your connection's kind of shit right now. No, it's, it's showing green. It dipped to red for a minute, but it's showing green uh, again. Uh, but if- Fuck you, Spectrum. <laughs> Sunlink's not much better. Uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash VGL podcast has helped for pay for our Podbean account and for uh, some of our advertising campaigns that we do occasionally. Uh, VGLpodcast.podbean.com, which has our RSS feed, the show notes, links to all of our uh, creator stuff. But you can also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, and pretty much uh, anywhere where you get good podcasts. Somehow we snuck in there. Don't know how. Because we're excellent. Well, considering uh, how much you love the cheese factor, I'm not sure if that's a compliment. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Key music is Doobly Doo by the same artist. You can find his work over at com and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice bye bye now see you next time